listening to Carnival on digital radio, live streaming around the world and on the RSN smartphone app. See the listening guide at rsn.net.au. I usually wear white. And I prefer black. But lately, we've been getting into orange. When you're wearing SES Orange, you know you're making a difference. And you're learning great new skills. You'd be surprised how good you'll feel in Orange. The Victoria State Emergency Service is recruiting volunteers now for a broad range of roles. Visit ses.vic.gov.au or call 1300 842 and find out if Orange is right for you. Authorised by Victoria State Emergency Service Melbourne. Spoken by Emery's and A. Small. Every day, in many ways, the Royal Flying Doctor Service takes the finest care to Australia's furthest corners so that all Australians can enjoy the best of health. The Royal Flying Doctor Service has been taking care of Australians for over 80 years. But we still need your help to continue providing emergency rescue and essential health care to remote and rural communities. Make a donation or become a supporter and help keep the Flying Doctor flying. No matter what your age, most of us played sport when we were young. And there was always one thing that made you want to disappear into a corner or even give up your chosen sport. And that was when somebody on the sideline hurled abuse at either you or a teammate. These are the moments that make sport painful for so many kids. And the time has come to stop it. I'm Elise Perry from the Southern Stars and my message is simple. Let kids be kids. Let them enjoy their sport without interference. Google Play by the Rules to find out more. Hi, I'm Lane Beachley. Cartridges for Planet Art just had its biggest year ever. On average, 13,500 printer cartridges were collected every working day. And they were all turned into useful things like pens, garden beds, even road surfaces. So thanks to everyone who recycled from home, work or school. To make the coming year even bigger, check out cartridges.planetart.org. Hi, it's Eric from Deaf Children Australia. Ready for your next lesson? With your left hand palm facing you, touch the left thumb with the right pointer finger. That's A. Now put the same pointer finger onto the left hand pointer. That's E. And for I, O and U, point and place on the next three fingers. They're the vowels. How easy is that? Next time I'll teach you to sign nice things like thank you. At Deaf Children Australia, we're helping young deaf people reach their potential at school and in life. Please join us. Together we can make a difference. It's access all areas to the game of golf. No, I did win, actually. Inside the ropes, talks with the Aussie golfing guns at home and overseas. I just aimed for the crack of the grain and it actually bummed back and saw about the sport. It's all thanks to Golf Australia. That's an extraordinary achievement. Inside the ropes, every Sunday morning from 6 to 7. Obviously the weekend was a great result. On RSN 927. Some bandit on a handicap of 20 come in. Or catch it streaming live and podcast and a very good afternoon and welcome to the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day on RSN Carnival, digital radio right throughout Melbourne and across the world when you download the RSN Racing and Sport app or on the girlsplayfooty.com website. We are bringing you round 10 of the Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Competition. And ladies and gentlemen, what a game we have got for you today. First versus third. One win separates them. Simon Creek and St Kilda Sharks. That's the hooter for the reserves game beforehand. Our match gets underway at 2pm. And just to emphasise the importance and probably the closeness of the game that we're going to see, Diamond Creek have only lost one game so far this season. 
and it was to the St Kilda Sharks at the Peanut Farm. What a day of drama we're due to have here at Plenty War Memorial Park. Joining us on commentary today, fresh from his stint down at Frankston for TAC Cup Radio, it's a very good afternoon to Matthew Cox. Yeah, it didn't get blown away yesterday, and uh, good to be here. Fantastic game we're going to witness today. Really excited to be broadcasting this one. As you say, a little bit of a rivalry's built up over the course of 2017 with the Sharks, the only side to have beaten the Creekers, who are, quite frankly, a steamroller at the moment. You can't stop them. A couple of weeks ago when we we were out here and they played Melbourne University. It really was a, a clinic from Diamond Creek. Their, their structures, the way they were able to throw players around, they just look a very versatile side, which is something I don't think we've been able to say about the Creekers over the last few seasons. So really looking forward to this match today. The one thing that, uh, and we'll be talking a lot about the Kriegers today, I should just quickly mention the three, uh, the two other games that are on today. Uh, one of them is Boxall Hawks versus Cranbourne at uh, Frankenholmes Oval down Cranbourne. That should be an interesting game. Um, very close on the ladder, even though you expect Cranbourne to win, but Boxall certainly put up a fight. But the VFL stream game that's on at 2pm, uh, video stream via their website, and you can watch it later online as well, is the Eastern Devils and Melbourne Uni at Mount Waverley Reserve, home of the Waverley Blues. That game um, is an interesting one. On paper, Melbourne Uni should win and win comfortably, but they've had close games in the past. Melbourne Uni have got off the boil the last couple of weeks. That's now a danger game for them. Even though the Devils can't make the finals, the Devils are a type of side that they could knock them off, but if they knock them off, Melbourne Uni's then under all kinds of pressure. Well, the thing about the Devils this afternoon is that they've got no pressure or expectation now for 2017. They can just have a bit of freedom going out and playing football, whereas Melbourne Uni, they've in a position, a very awkward position. A couple of weeks ago, they found themselves fighting for top spot on the ladder. Now they're fighting just to make finals, which is extraordinary to say when at the start of the year, everyone was probably tipping them as the side to beat in 2017. And I think tired is the word I, I would use with the muggers at the moment. They just don't look the sharp, the clean skillful side that has been developing over the last 18 months and fatigue I think is, is a big factor with a lot of those players playing a lot of footy not just the superstars in, in Blackburn and Carney but when you look a little further down Carrick, Pound, some of those other players that are, are getting towards superstar status they have played a lot of footy over the last 12 months and they are, I think are just fighting for survival at the moment that's the, that's the, the impression I get after seeing them the other week against Diamond Creek. And coming up against this Devils side today, as I said, no more pressure. They've got the freedom. It, it's a real danger game for the Muggers. For them, they need to go out and wipe the Devils off the park just to get a bit of confidence back in themselves. I'll let you eat that rest of that pie while I... Well, I'm waiting for it to yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> OK. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what the interesting run home for them is. I reckon out of the five-game run home, if they drop two, they're in trouble. If they drop three, they're gone. They've got the Eastern Devils today. That's the wobbly one. Next week, they're against the Spurs. Now, the Spurs only went down by about two goals last time in a low-scoring game, but Melbourne Uni controlled it. It wouldn't put it past the Spurs to cause an upset. It would be difficult, but if the Spurs did, then and the Spurs are fighting for their finals campaign, if they do, then the real heat's on Melbourne Uni. So if Melbourne Uni drop one of those two, that's when the wobble begins. They've got a couple of easy ones after that. Cranbourne and Box Hill should rubber-stamp those two. But again, as I mentioned earlier, if they drop one of the, of these uh, over these two weeks, they've got Diamond Creek in the last game, and you wouldn't Diamond Creek by all accounts should be rubber stamped in the finals. 
they'll get to that game, Dublin Creek, and I don't think they'll rest because there's a week by the State of Origin game. I think Scott Gowan will go, let's put our best side out in the park because Melbourne Uni could be or should have been seen as a grand final threat. They might look at it going, this could be the opportunity to kick them out of the finals. Because if you're Diamond Creek, let's be honest, much as you had trouble against the Spurs here on the ground, the Spurs ran them close for a half before they, they ran away. If you're sitting back as Diamond Creek going, oh, there might be a battle here between Uni, Spurs or Geelong, you'd be going, if you had the chance to knock out Uni, you'd be doing everything you could. Yeah, you certainly would because it's a... I think Geelong and the Spurs are one of those sides that are almost there. They're not quite compared to, to Diamond Creek, St Kilda, even the Muggers on their day. Um, they don't quite match it in terms of, I think, skill and awareness are the two things that are, are letting the Spurs and Geelong down at the moment. But as you say, they'd be a lot easier to face in the finals compared to a Mugger side. And going on their current form, the Muggers, I mean, they've had a bye. Maybe they've been able to regroup. Tell a few truths. Yep, refresh. So let's see how they come out today. If it's a close game, geez, I'd, I'd be getting very, very twitchy if I was a Muggers fan. For the St Kilda Sharks, this is their run home that they've got coming. There's no, there's no means that the St Kilda Sharks are home at the moment. They do have a difficult draw. They win today, that should be enough breathing room. They lose today, all of a sudden they, they've got a little more breathing sp- space on something like the Spurs or Geelong. But, geez, it, it's, it's getting to, we better not mess up here because this, and Gilda Sharks have got the Eastern Devils at home. And the Sharks and the Devils over the last couple of years have had some absolute thrillers. So that, and I think last year it came down to a last minute goal from the Sharks to, to win that one against the Devils. It was a thrilling contest. That game again is at the Peanut Farm Reserve. That's in round 11 next week. We move ahead to, uh, round 12 in the competition. Then St Kilda have got Darabin. So all of a sudden, if they get they get over the Devils, then again they were they were in front of Darabin at one stage and got done in that game. They'd be filthy on that. But the Sharks and Darabin, all of a sudden, that's two tough games for them. Then D Day, round thirteen, VU Western Spurs, St Kilda Sharks. If things fall as they do, if the Sharks have a bit of a wobble, that could be the game with the Spurs of the side that wins is alive, the side that loses, that's all, folks. Yeah, lights out. But here's, here's, the, here's the interesting bit. Then it comes to round 14. The Spurs are in that position where they need to try and win that game, the Sharks, to beat one game ahead. They have got to be one game ahead because in that last round, um, the Sharks have Cranbourne, which would put that win down as the Sharks, and the Sharks would be looking for a percentage booster as well in that game. Darabin and Western Spurs in the last game. The Spurs will be, as much as they want to hope for a win, they'll be thinking Darabin could win, and it's more a case of let's not have any percentage damaged on us, or otherwise that could send us out backwards. So it's it's an intriguing thing with these three sides. And Geelong's still in the mix. Yeah. And the, the funny thing is, everyone expected Geelong to lose yesterday to Darabin because of the win that helped them out, plus their pressure. They only lost by 13 points. And you look at that and you go, well, their percentage hasn't been damaged here, so... Okay. That's a tick. Yeah, that, that, they could almost call that as a win, saying they were expected to get belted. No, they've survived, percentage intact. On the run home, Geelong have got, I think, Box Hill next week. Then they've got the Spurs, which we'll be calling at St Mary's Oval uh, as part of the curtain race of the Geelong-Richmond men's game. So that's going to be a big crowd, big atmosphere. And if the Geelong Eddie gets behind it and pumps it up to say, this is the final shot. <laughs> and then, just by quick of the draw, they've got the Eastern Devils in the last two games. So all of a sudden, there's three sides, four sides that are all shuffling about 
today it's Melbourne Uni and St Kilda. They're the two that are looking to relieve the pressure. It's a bit boring, isn't it? <laughs> it's not really intriguing. No, it's... And I think one thing that's helped, obviously, it, it is a shorter season to what mm. we're generally used yeah. to. I think, what, we're about three or four rounds shorter than, mm. than previous years. So everything's jam-packed and everyone's trying to jostle. There's no breathing space now. We've got a clear run to the to the final round. Everyone's going to be maxed out trying to fight for that last spot in the four. Nothing's guaranteed. And as we saw yesterday in the the, the Darabin-Geelong game, you'd go there thinking, Darabin, easy win, 40, 50-odd points. Because Geelong was able to hold them, and yes, conditions played a part, that's now a win. Where does that sit Darabin in the scheme of things? I know Darabin are a really good side, but they looked shaky against the Spurs. They got over the line, I think, purely on uh, experience. Sounds like that might have got them over the line again yesterday. They may be going through a bit of a lull uh, too. And just to throw one more equation into the mix as we talk how crazy this season is. Next week, our match of the round, Saturday afternoon, on here at 1.30pm for a 2.30 bounce at Preston City Oval. It's Diamond Creek and Darabin. The old foes go to a war at what a time in the season. Yep. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, It's it's, it's not like a last round dead rubber. It's a game where there's still a few rounds to go. And let's say the worst thing happens today. Let's say Diamond Creek lose. If Diamond Creek lost to um, Darabin and then they've got a desperate Melbourne Uni, then you go, well... Diamond Creek may hang on to fourth, but I tell you what, it's all of a sudden they're under pressure. It's just, it's just throwing everything upside yeah. down. It, it could almost turn out to be like when we called two years ago that final round. Diamond Creek and Melbourne Uni, St Kilda Eastern Devils, both on at the same time. Two spots, three teams. The finish came down to the last seconds of each match, both match finishing by under a kick. And, you know, that didn't make anyone lose their hair that day through the absolute stress. This, this this season's serving it up over five weeks. So, so the, when that happened, there was two spots, three sides, four Excel spreadsheets trying to work it all out. <laughs> what the hell's going to happen when we get to the final round this year? And a panicked Joe Watton, president of the Eastern Devils, after they'd just gone down to the final siren, sprinting over to us going, what's going on? What's going on at Melbourne Uni? Well, we threw to Dan Hill to call the last 30 seconds after Sipanella had a shot from directly in front and missed. Yeah, just the climax that we were all after, wasn't it? Yeah, so for a Diamond Creek win to a Melbourne Uni victory, and that's and just to show what the effect that had, Melbourne Uni survived, stayed in the finals race, and got to the preliminary final where they were beating Diamond Creek at halftime, only to get done by a point thanks to a Lauren Moorcroft goal. Yeah. It's just weird how things happen. It's a great game footy, isn't it? It's just, it's just extraordinary. It was. And the iconic image of that day, which made the grand final record the next week, was the Lauren Moorcroft fist pump after she's kicked that goal. You can tell when the defender doesn't sneak down forward a lot. When they keep the goal, they're going to make sure they're celebrating it. Wasn't a defender's kick, that's for sure. <laughs> it was a snap, and and, and they, they had an injury department like a hospital ward down that's there. Right, they, yes. they, they, I think Hetherington went down that day. I think Nicole Paul went down that day. Jeez, you know. Uh, One or two only left on the bench, I think, in the last quarter from memory. And somehow they rallied and got over the line. That was, as we said, that was an incredible season. We've still got plenty to go through season. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to survive, Pete. Through season 2017. Coming up soon, by the way, we've got uh, the Community Leagues. Uh, Rap will be uh, finding out what's happening in the Goldfields competition. Also, uh, the Northern Country 
ADFL, WRFL, and as well uh, the Northern Football League, which apologies we couldn't get to yesterday due to the phone reception not working to be able to get uh, to get Samuel Zito. Uh, but before we do that as well, um, I, I, I should make note of um, of something uh, is the VFL, AFLW licences. Uh, the AFLW licences during the week were uh, submitted by all eight clubs. They made their official presentations. They submitted their bids, but now they made their presentations. So I think it's a case of maybe AFLPR just stretching bids out a little bit, just going, we've got nothing to report. Uh, everyone's making a presentation. But, um, but, but, but they, they made their um, uh, presentations, and on the back of that, not only did we see uh, North Melbourne come out to not only officially rubber stamp their Tassie alignment, but just say... A possible name of North Melbourne, Tassie Kangaroos, was a name being floated around. But the the biggest, strongest statement was made by Essendon, who came out and said, uh, we will be submitting for a VFLW licence next year, and they said they're going to align with the call to cannons. Now, you know, as much as they say AFL Victoria is independent, I'm sorry, guys, but if an AFL club says they want in, they're getting a licence. Whatever. The question comes down to now, do Essendon get their own licence, or like Geelong did with North Geelong and Box Hill did with Knox, is there a license swap? That's that's the big question, isn't it? Um, I, th- I think the I'm going to be slightly biased here because of being an Essendon supporter, so that's going to make things hard next year if they get in. Um, I think it's good that they've committed to even whether whether or not they're going to get an AFL license. They've committed to developing the pathway in the northwest region, which is an area that for a long period of time has struggled, I think. There's been talent that's there, but it's struggled to get some sort of consistency. I know my local area, for a long period of time, one club struggled to get up week in, week out. Now there's about six clubs. So there's there's a funnelling effect that's going to happen, and I don't think the existing clubs of the VU Western Spurs Diamond Creek, that's probably the catchment. Darabin as well, that's the, the catchment area. There was something missing in that northwest corner. Now we've got it, so that's excellent to see for the first thing. The other question to go with that, whether there is a licence swap, is the rumours going around about how AFL Victoria will eventually move the VFL women's competition to that, that hub model, I think, was the, the rumour going around, and that we'll be playing at venues like Highgate, Highgate Recreation Reserve, where they're more of a, a, an elite level. Um, they can play AFL football on there. So that's in the background. That's coming. What that means for 2018, I don't think anyone's sure at the moment. Like, I, I think if you were an existing club here you'd be weighing up what the future is because eventually we're going down that path. There's no question about that. It's going to eventually come. How soon is it going to hit? I think it will hit next season. Um, And I'll explain a couple of reasons behind that. There's either one or two ways that will happen. Because Essendon want in, it will either mean that, A, if Essendon do get their own standalone a new licence, because there had been rumours about extending the comp from 10 to 12. If Essendon get their own standalone licence... They're not going to have an 11-10 competition. They're going to want 12. And one possibility is that Richmond would apply for a VFLW licence, i.e. why they've hired Kate Sheehan so early. I think they're going to make that move. They've got a strong link with Bendigo. Bendigo currently is smashing it in the Northern Football League. 13 wins on the trot, I think undefeated. Uh, And just, you know, going great guns. They were an ex-Premier Division side. They had struggles with getting talent that year. 
um, and why they got smashed. But now everything's changed up in Bendigo. Them and their reserves are both strong. And I think the reserves will have to go up a grade. And I think what may happen if they do go to 12 teams is that they'll be the Richmond Tigers. And there'll be some type of uh, arrangement where some games we played out of Punt Road, others we played out of the QEO, yep. etc. I think that 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 is option A. They'll extending to twelve, Essendon and Richmond come in. Um, option B, if they remain with just ten teams, I think it's Diamond Creek is the one that gets licence swapped. It, it, it's a shocking to say for a team that's top of the table, but like you talked about with the grounds, there won't be VFL on this ground next year. And I know from AFLW clubs, their concerns about the ground, as much as it's been redone, is two synthetic pitches on the ground. If this was a VFL men's, no way would an AFL club be here and they would allow a game to be on there. As cool as it is, that's, uh, they look at synthetic pitches going, nah, nah, players can slip on that or do damage. We put a big investment in these players. There's no way we're going to let them play on a surface like that. Would not happen. And that same attitude is now coming to the women. There's some cl- AFL clubs that are actually coming to these games that are actually making sure all the physio and everything's done right because they see it as an investment in their players who will play for their club um, come AFLW season. They'll see the surfaces out here and they'll go, no way you're playing on, synth- on a synthetic pitch, no way. And we saw that last time we were here when Kate Sheilor slipped on the synthetic pitch that's the nets that protrudes out, slipped headfirst to the ground, gave herself concussion. Um, so... The, the thinking was before the Essen thing came along was okay. Is Diamond Creek maybe going to try and look at Preston City Oval? You know, because everyone looked around and found there's no real VFL standard, as in VF, old VFA type clubs that are in this area. And now with Craigieburn, you go, hmm, hmm. Yeah. going maybe it's the case of doesn't mean Diamond Creek Club won't exist. It, you know, their, their seconds will become their first, their thirds will become their seconds. The juniors will stay. They'll play in the Northern Football League. This ground will be used for Northern Football League. But because of the stand that they want for the VFL, I think you'll see the licence. I don't know if it means all the players will go, who knows, but the licence will probably move so that they four can set something up at Craigieburn. The other smoking gun that I see is Essendon came out and said, we are making an alignment with the call to cannons. The cannons currently feed Diamond Creek. So they're not going to allow a situation where the under eighteen get split up between two clubs. It's going to one club. I think that might be the smoking gun. The, the, the writing's on the wall, isn't it? Which yeah. is which yeah. is sad because it's a great it's a great venue here. That apart from the two synthetic pictures, it's a great yeah. atmosphere. It feels yeah. it almost feels like uh, rural Victoria. It does. We're, we're, it does. This, we're sitting it's in a great gra- great ground, great club, great people, great atmosphere. But, but once the AFL clubs have their say on what standard of level they want, and that feeds down to state league level. And, and it's the yeah. direction it's going, which is great for professionalism, for the for the quality of the game, for the improvement in terms of mm. uh, facility perspective. It's something that we want yeah. because it, that will make women's football thrive into the future. It comes at a cost, but it's it, it's the only way forward. And we've seen it this year with Geelong. Uh, look how far ahead their development has improved. If they were still North Geelong this year, they'd be languishing down the bottom of the table. Yeah, yeah. They wouldn't be fighting territory. Correct. Yeah. They wouldn't be fighting for a top for a, a final four spot. So there's the there's the difference that that can be made. And it's sad that we lose a bit of the history of the competition because Diamond Creek not only are they up this this year, but for a long period of time have been one of the top clubs of women's football. But you don't want them to go under either. Mm. And we have heard stories. Um, 
off air about some of the cost pressures being placed on clubs ten, to field a ten, side. Ten thousand dollars to pay for the license fee alone to play in the competition. And the decision will come: do we invest that money in putting a, a, a VFL women's side together when we know we haven't got the facilities to be able to support that, or do we give that money to invest in junior programs to invest in that that Next rung down. So then you've got the pathway constantly coming through. And for me, if I was at one of the current clubs in, in the VFL women's that doesn't have an alignment, that's where I'd be focusing my money because, as I said before, it's going that way. It will end up the way where we're either going to have alignments with, with AFL clubs in, in the VFL women's or we're going to have sides that represent a region. I think the other one that is under consideration for the VFL men's is Frankston. So that, that that's... That, that, that throws a spanner in the works, I think, and um, it would be interesting to see if they do get accepted. Um, I think they might because the North Melbourne were being split to make the competition even, but then if North Ballarat drops out or not, they're, they're, there's obviously talk about what's happening there. But if they do come in, a lot of people have been tying Seaford to the St Kilda Sharks. Oh, pardon, me, pardon me, Seaford, sorry, to the St Kilda Saints in the AFL competition i.e. of, oh, they still get to use that secret facility, etc. Um, but the problem is there's no scoreboard, no siren, no nothing out there. It wasn't designed for matches. It was only designed for training. There may be a possibility that if Frankston do come in, we might see an alignment with Seaford and Frankston because I think they want to retain that area in the Mornington Peninsula. If Frankston do come in, they'll go, well, if we team these two up together, that makes sense that the Mornington Peninsula is feeding through to them. Um, the question, I guess, is... Where does the St Kilda Sharks sit? If the St Kilda Sharks make an alignment with the St Kilda Saints, which I think is a better work than Seaford, um, then you probably have the Seaford Sharks first play out of Moorabbin. And I think that's good because it's still in that southern area, and what I call South Inner South. And you've got, at the moment you've got the Sharks who play their thirds in the Southern Football League. Um, so you've got the Southern Football League clubs feeding to the St Kilda Sharks, feeding to the St Kilda Saints being their first playing out of a rabbit. So you've got that area. They've got, this is your zone, this is your capture. And, and that's what's going to happen going forward. Yeah. I think each, each, rather than being now clubs, yeah. they have to represent the regions and be the feeders into the AFLW. Geelong, as we said a couple of weeks ago on the broadcast, Geelong is the blueprint for that. They've, yeah. they've got the North Geelong feeding in, but they've also... And Drysdale as well. Yeah. ...made very strong connections with the region in terms of developing female football. So that's the blueprint for any... And, and the, the Essendon theory sounds good. We'll obviously wait to see how practical that gets and how infiltrated the club becomes in the suburban leagues. But that's that's the model going forward for, for VFL women's. It's no longer about being the senior side of a, of a, a, a club. It's about providing the opportunity for players who are looking to develop themselves for AFLW to mix it with the best at state league level to improve themselves, representing a region rather than one club. What we'll see as uh, is being speculated, and it's a case of there'll probably be a move, but then we'll probably see official rebranding happen at some stage, is that, um, is that Melbourne Uni will be playing out of Arden Street, uh, for their first, where they get named North Melbourne straight away, who knows? That seems to be certainty. I think you're going to see the Spurs first go to the Bulldogs, as much as they played at Burbank Oval and Winston. I think the Bulldogs is going to be the natural alignment. Um, 
Cranbourne will move onto Casey Fields to be the Casey Demons, which is just for them, it's just a skip across the driveway. So it's a case of, you know, there's no real, despite kind of changing clubs, there's no big location problems with them. Um, the only question that's surrounding, uh, Darabin will probably be, have a natural line with the Northern Blues where they're playing out of Preston and, and Northcote. The big question just surrounds what happens with the Eastern Devils. Now, the Eastern Devils have got a pretty close alignment with Collingwood, but they play all the way out at Mulgrave Reserve, so who knows what will happen there if the Pies might end up going to them. Oh, let's uh, let's move to Victoria Park, which will be a long way from home for for the Devils. Ironically, though, they, they, they drink at a pub in the spot by pub in Richmond, so it's probably not, not too far away. But... Um, but, yeah, the Eastern Devils is kind of like... Because the Eastern Devils one is a bit messy and Hawthorne created the mess. Hi, Hawthorne. Uh, send your hate mail to me now. Um, uh, Hawthorne created the mess because they disalignment with Knox and to Box Hill, which was, as much as Knox is a struggling club and needed to help, the problem was they could have aligned with the Eastern Devils and the Eastern Devils were a kilometre away from Waverley Park where they could have moved them to Waverley Park and gone, that all makes perfect sense. But, yeah. Yeah, it's... And the other, to throw another spanner in the works, I mean, we thought the se- this season's going to be interesting. I reckon 2018 is going to have a, a whole different shape to what we're, we're seeing now, is where are the players going to be? So if we do get these alignments up and running, you've got players that are currently signed by existing AFL clubs, and if these alignments, uh, you know, as we, we're predicting that they're going to have some sort of AFL link... So how many interchangeable... Like, I look at uh, the the captain of Diamond Creek, Steph Kiochi. Mm. She's currently the captain of Collingwood. Do you reckon Collingwood's going to let Kiochi go to an Essendon? If, yeah. if that's If that's the theory that we're thinking behind this. You, you reckon that's going to happen? I don't think so. There's obviously not because of the rivalry as well, but something that was brought up earlier in the year about IP and in terms of allowing players to use different clubs' facilities, get the different knowledge and the, the background behind how clubs operate, that's not going to be allowed to happen. So yeah. that the whole face... Because, because even though someone say, oh, they've only been t- taught the women's game, you walk around the corridors of that office, you mingle with, at times, AFL men's players and see what they're doing and watch what they're doing. You're seeing that up close. So that intellectual property then gets passed on. Because... You know, if, 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 you know, if you were smart, let's say you were Geelong, Geelong got, uh, got a couple of Melbourne players on board. You know, you might just go to, oh, you know, Rocky, yes, there you going? Oh, yeah, yeah, going good, yeah, things down at Melbourne, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, did you bump into Jonesy the other day? Oh, you know, you might ask it in an innocent way and she might slip there, yeah, 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 oh, he's going, yeah, he's, he's got a bit of a hobble in his ankle and, you know, inadvertently, I'm not saying they're doing it, you know, on purpose, inadvertently slip yeah. out information that someone might go, oh, that's, that's, that's interesting and then that, that gets fed through down the line because, they're not thinking because they're just in that natural surroundings, you know, just mingling naturally. So, um, like you said, that intellectual property being passed on. And, and some and some clubs have also said that they want to train their women with the game plan similar to their men. So, yeah. yeah it's, it's... Put it this way. We think this season, in terms of the on-field results, is currently unpredictable. I think the off-season is just going going to be just as interesting. The way that it's... It's shaped prior to the start of this season with the introduction of Box Hill and Geelong. I think we'll be seeing a few more of those come at the end of the year. We spoke to, of course, Paige Cordona on this week's uh, podcast on uh, girlsplayfooty.com and we talked about her being a recruiter. And it, like, we, and it feeds into the, uh, the IP side of things where 
uh, I had a bit of a chat with her off mic as well, but we, we generally talked about things saying, well, it seemed to be that for the first season of the competition, at least for the big clubs, clubs just dip their hands into a pool, grab whatever players, going, all right, we'll make a team out of this. You know, there were some better players, but the rest of the side may have been just made up by, what's say, pure guess, but oh, well, I guess she goes okay and this goes okay, without knowing how that all fit into a game plan and who complements who, etc. You could kind of tell when she got uh, picked as a recruiter and chatting to her, you can see that all of a sudden, because the thing's taken off, it looks like this AFLW could actually make money and make broadcast money, and it's bringing in sponsors. The club's thinking has changed all of a sudden to, oh, this is just a hit-and-giggle fun thing to, actually, this is a serious part of our operations. I mean, we've heard that Meg Hutchins got moved sideways at Collingwood, um, and no offence against Hutchie, but I think they were a bit naive when they did pick her to begin with because she was a player and an administrator, and she had to do the exit interviews for the um, players that were going, even though she'd be remote on the list. It was all a bit awkward. It was all a bit, oh, she knows, and this is a bit fun. And not doubting Hutchie's quality, but I think it was a bit amateurish in their approach where they didn't treat it the same way as men, as this administrator is cut separately away and, you know, giving the same resources in the same way you'd deal a men's thing. And I think because they've seen it evolve and they've seen it happen, the clubs have now gone, actually, let's start treating this thing seriously. This is a business operation now. Yeah, which is fantastic, again, from yeah. the professionalism, professionalism of ensuring that this isn't just something that people are going to have a kick around in the middle of February each year. This is a genuine competition. I think the more moves that head down that path, the better. Um, so that it's, yeah, whilst it's sad because uh, we know how great... Hutchie is as a, as a person and ultimately I oh, think yeah. would fit that role beautifully when she retires. Yes, Correct. Yes, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, when Hutchie did got picked for that role, we thought, oh, is she retiring early? Going, oh, that would be a shame because we think she's a gun footballer, but I can understand if she's looking for a post-football career, no worries. And when she did post, like, and she said that she might step aside, so like, it's a little bit awkward. It's a bit like, you can kind of do that thing at club football, but this is different now. This is another yep. level again at AFLW. And, and and no doubt, and it might not be, and as much as she loves the Magpies, it might, might be with the Magpies. It might be with an expansion club or something like that that she becomes back into operations again. But, um, yeah, I think, as I said, everyone was just trying to look for people who knew people in the women's league. Because, to, to be fair, when Collingwood got their licence, they originally weren't interested in getting a women's licence. When it was first posed around, they were ones who made no comment. Quite a number of clubs put out interest saying, yeah, we want to get involved, we want to get involved. Some said thanks, no thanks. Collingwood remained very silent to, I wouldn't say quite the last minute, but they got brought into it. And there's the thinking around it that the AFL urged them and Carlton on to say, we kind of need two big Victorian clubs here as an insurance policy, that we get some decent-sized crowds and some decent-sized you know, muscle and support behind this venture. And they kind of came at the last second, and I think the reason why they got Hutchie was the case of she knows people, she knows who's good, she knows, etc. And to be fair, when everyone looked at the list, everyone thought, oh, that's a pretty good Collingwood list. That's a very good spine. And, you know, I tipped them to win the flag. So but but, but did, little did we know, 16 aside football and the coaching that comes into it, everything changed, the whole change. And I think that caught every club, not just Collingwood, every club unaware and again, with Paige talking about it, and we talk about intellectual property, etc., everyone's reassessing where they're at. Yeah, and, and it just means that the landscape's going to continue to evolve. And the other thing is, you can't stand still. Yeah. And whether it's AFLW or VFLW, you're not going to be able to stand still for long because this is a this is a moving beast. Now we, we've put it in motion at the start of this year. It's created all the hype that it needed to. 
But now the real grunt work starts. And whilst it's sad that potentially we're going to lose some, some history and some identity, it's great that we're going to new and exciting levels with, with women's football. We'll take this opportunity here on our girlsplayfooty.com match of the day on RSN Carnival to find out what's happening around the community leagues with Samuel Zito, Sharon O'Dwyer, uh, Kirsten Alabakis is going to join us as well, as well as Crystal Woodruff to find out what's happening at those competitions right around the state. And when we return, we'll have our countdown to the bounce down. 2 p.m. start here between Diamond Creek and the St. Kilda Sharks for the Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Match of the Day. You're listening to Carnival on digital radio, live streaming around the world and on the RSN smartphone app. See the listening guide at rsn.net.au. And joining us on the girlsplayfooty.com pregame show here on RSN Carnival, normally on a Saturday, but joining us on a Sunday from the Northern Football League, it's Samuel Zito. Samuel, how are you? I'm well, thanks, Peter. How are you? Not too bad at all. Let's have a look at the Northern Football League Women's Competition Division 1. It is the final round, and it actually kicked off in Division 1 uh, yesterday at Victoria Park in Kew. Yeah, it certainly did, and Kew got a tight victory over La Trobe University. Uh, 21 points uh, in the end. Probably uh, the win certainly played a factor out there, but that win to Kew... Um, season at the moment, momentarily go up to fourth spot. They'll certainly play finals this year, but uh, depending on results today, they potentially go to fifth. Um, doesn't really matter in terms of fourth and fifth. Obviously, both uh, fourth and fifth will play off in an elimination final next week. Let's have a look at the games on today. Currently underway at the moment at Deer Park Sports Oval. Uh, Deer Park Lions hosting the Pasco Vale Panthers. Yeah, an opportunity for both sides to, to add to their winning tally in the, in the final round of the year. It's been a difficult season for both Deer Park. Two wins from 13 games. Pasco Vale, just the one. Uh, Pasco Vale can potentially, uh, or rather Deer Park rather, can, can win a third game. But we did win last time. Pasco Vale could potentially get a bit of revenge back. The last time these sides played, Pasco Vale was well clear at, at three-quarter time and got overrun. So uh, it would be interesting, interesting to see how that one plays out. 3 p.m. at the postage stamp, AH Cap Reserve in West Preston, Darabin hosting Bendigo. Yes, certainly are. Darabin, unfortunately, won't play the finals this year. They're, they're now two games outside of the top five heading into the final round. So for them, it's a, an opportunity to, to end the year on a good note, but uh, it'll be pretty difficult. That, that Bendigo side just uh, keeps rolling along on, on all cylinders and at the moment, 13 consecutive wins. They're certainly going to head into the finals with premiership favouritism. And 3 p.m. at University Oval, uh, Melbourne Uni hosting the VU Western Spurs. Yeah, this is a, a really interesting game. It's second against fourth going into this round. Um, Melbourne Uni with a win potentially could move inside the top three but would need other results to go their way. VU Western Spurs uh, fine-tuning ahead of a qualifying final next weekend. Uh, this is a really, really big game. I think VU away from home um, will get the points, but it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, plenty at stake for Melbourne Uni. Let's have a look at what's happening in uh, Division 2. Uh, and uh, yesterday, as part of a twilight game, West Preston Lakeside uh, doing the job on Lorimer. Yes, certainly, and getting ready for, for finals next week. West Preston Lakeside, again, really windy conditions. J.E. Moore Park can be windy at the best of times, let alone when there's a, an absolute gale blowing like it was yesterday through Melbourne. So West Preston Lakeside finished the year with 11 wins and three losses. Lorimer, in its uh, first season in the NFLW, finishes with four wins and ten losses. But yesterday, end of the year, on, on a really competitive note. And uh, two games on this afternoon in Division 2 uh, at AH Cap Reserve, Darabin hosting South Morang. 
Yeah, this one, a really big one between two sides looking to, to play finals. Durban currently third, needs to win in order to hold on to third spot and get the double chance in the finals. If, if they can do that, they'll play West Preston Lakeside next weekend. South Morang, uh, likewise, desperate to, to, to win. If they get a win, they ensure they play finals uh, next weekend and, and finishing fifth spot. So these are two sides absolutely desperate to get the four points this afternoon. And finally, 3 p.m. at Montmorency Park, the Magpies hosting the VU Western Spurs. Yeah, two of the form sides of the competition. Uh, Montmorency's won uh, seven games on the trot now, nine wins, four losses for the year. So uh, with a win and, and potentially if Darabin was to go down, they could finish the year in, in third spot on the ladder. VU Western Spurs currently first. They uh, will have a week off next weekend, uh, first week of the finals after after winning the minor premiership. But I'm sure they'd love to go and finish the home and away season on winning form and, and take, uh, I guess, that good record into finals. I don't think they'll be looking to flirt with their form whatsoever but this is the game really between two sides in, in ripping touch now as we mentioned this is the final round so we're now going into the finals which is a top five how does it work from here will it be a case of uh, teams that finish higher on the ladder having an advantage are we looking at neutral grounds what's the plan going ahead over the next three weeks Yes, certainly. So the first week of the finals next weekend has qualifying finals on Saturday, elimination finals on Sunday. Uh, both uh, those, uh, all both those games in both divisions to be played at, at Bill Laurie Oval in Northcote, and thereafter every game to be hosted at at the I guess the premier venue in the Northern Football League, Preston City Oval. So from next week, uh, the side that finishes first in both Division One, Division Two has the week off. Uh, second place, third in elimina- uh, sorry in the qualifying final on the Saturday, and then on the Sunday it's four versus fifth in elimination finals and thereafter we move into semi-finals followed by prelims and then obviously on to the grand final. Well Samuel, thank you very much for joining us here on the GosplayFooty.com pre-game show on RSN Carnival and we look forward to catching up with you next week as we preview the finals. My pleasure, thanks for having me. Live across the web, this is the GosplayFooty.com match of the day. Joining us on the line now on RSN Carnival Digital Radio to talk about the Northern Country Women's League. We've got on the line Sharon O'Dwyer. Sharon, how are you? Good, thanks, Peter. How are you? Not too bad at all. Finals is finally here. Oh, yes. Taking a long time, but we're here at last. So the inaugural Northern Country Women's League finals kick off 2pm at John Gray Oval in Marupna, and it's the Shepherd and Bears hosting Echuca. Yeah, so Shepparton had a bit of an upset last week and lost to Marupna, which topped them down into third place. So, so they're basically playing off an elimination final today against Pachuca. Um, I think Shep should get over the top, but you just never know. And the second semi-final is at Waruna Oval, 2.30pm. The Bendigo Thunder host the Benalla Saints. Yeah, Benalla was surprised to, to step up into second place and now have to travel to, to Bendigo. Uh, they're definitely looking forward to the challenge. Um, but I just think that Thunder is probably going to be too strong for them today. Well, Sharon, thanks very much for joining us for that quick preview in the Northern Country Women's League. We look forward to finding out about the preliminary final next weekend. Great. Thanks, Peter. You're listening to Carnival on digital radio, live streaming around the world and on the RSN smartphone app. See the listening guide at rsn.net.au. Time to take a look now at what's happening in the AFL Goldfields competition and we've got on the line the female footy manager at AFL Goldfields in Krista Woodruff. Krista, how are you? Very well, and yourself? Not too bad at all for this Sunday. We're getting closer and closer to the finals in AFL Goldfields, round 12. Let's have a look at Division 1, two games on today. First of all, underway at Western Oval, uh, Redan hosting the Sunbury Kangaroos. 
Yeah, looking forward to today's game. I think it's um, Sunbury Kangaroos have had uh, pretty good form over the last few weeks. Um, so I think they'll take it to Regan today. So I uh, look forward to seeing what the results are. At Osborne Park getting underway as we speak, uh, the North Geelong Magpies hosting the Ballarat Swans. Yeah, I think North Geelong are, um, you know, really excited to see how Ballarat has improved over the course of the season. Um, you know, Ballarat um, had a, a loss last week, so I think um, it'll help them to, you know, um, get a little bit more, uh, I suppose, confidence moving forward and try and um, really push North Geelong this weekend. Division 2's in round 12 and at Madeline Park at this moment uh, the Bacchus Marsh Cobras hosting Redan Gold Yeah I think Bacchus Marsh are hoping for a good win Redan have struggled a little bit this year with numbers having two sides in um, in the competition with Division 1 and Division 2 um, so yet to you know um, put a really strong performance together but I think they'll be um, really pumped to see how they go against Bacchus Marsh and at Carisbrook Reserve, Carisbrook are hosting the Drysdale Hawks. Yeah, Drysdale have a nice big uh, drive out to Carisbrook today. Um, but, you know, they'll, both sides are, are really looking forward to finals. So I think they'll uh, put on a show. Well, Krista, thank you very much for joining us here on Girls Play Footy. And we look forward to catching up with you in a couple of weeks' time to talk more AFL Goldfields women's football. No worries, and thank you. Live across the web. This is the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day. And joining us on the pregame show here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio to talk about the EDFL WRFL women's competition we've got on the line from the WRFL, Kristen Alabakis. Kristen, how are you? Good, how are you? Not too bad at all. Let's have a look at what's been happening in the penultimate round, the final round, round 14 of the competition. And uh, first of all, game last night, Sunbury and Craigieburn. Yeah, Sunbury won that one. Two points for Craigieburn last night. Uh, we move on to four games today. Uh, first of all, 2.20pm, uh, Manor Lakes hosting Keylor. Yeah, this is one versus two on the letter and potentially a grand final preview in the last game of the season. Last game of the regular season, I should say. Both teams played in, in round three and in that match, Keylor defeated the Storm by 41 points. Which, had, which was the Blues' um, smallest winning margin of the season, if you can believe that. Uh, Keelan have, have been a dominant force this year and, and would want to keep their undefeated status intact. But Manor Lakes, uh, fresh from the bye, will look to put in a big effort against the, the latter leaders and show them that they aren't to be taken lightly. But with, with one eye on the finals, I think Keelan will look to, to flex their muscles and beat Manor Lakes today. So I think they'll be able to get the job done. And we should make a small little note as well that uh, Manor Lakes next week on uh, on the Saturday night uh, is scheduled to take on the USA Liberty team, which is the USA's development side who's touring Australia. Yeah, so they'll, they'll be having a, a little pracky match against them. It's, um, yeah, it should be an exciting um, time for the club. Let's have a look at the remainder of round 14, uh, Pasco Vale and Glenroy at Rayburn Reserve. Yeah, this should be also an entertaining one to end the season. It's six close to seventh, and last time they played Pasco Vale won by 54 points. But but since that time, Glen Glenroy has been the form team out of the two. Um, both teams have improved out of sight this year. We'll want to end the season on a high note. Um, um, but because it's being played at Raven Reserve, I think the Panthers 
the Panthers will get the job done. Tarnit and Caroline Springs at uh, Watton Road Reserve, 2.20pm. Yeah, it's going to be a big day at Whitten Road today. Tarnit, I hope, will be crowned and will be on hand to watch the game. They're also sort of using the game to attract any new players for next season. So if anyone is interested in playing women's footy in 2018, I'd encourage you to get down to the ground. But um, in terms of footy, I think Caroline Springs will be too strong for the time today. In round three, they've, they've beat them by 75 points. And I think the Lakers will want to head into the finals all guns blazing, so they should get the job done. Lakeside Oval, 3.15pm, Roxburgh Park hosting Glenorden. Last time these two sides met, it was a, a high-scoring match, and I think it'll go to a similar script today. The Magpies won, in back, won back in May, but I think the Hawks definitely have more to play for in the last game of the year. Eddie Bryson, the coach, will want to end 2017 on the right night, and I think they've learned a lot throughout the year. So I'm tipping Grant Wooding to win in the tight one. So as we said, that is the final round of the EDFL WRFL. How does the finals work from here? So next weekend, it is, is it a top four system? So one will play two and three will play four next week. So it looks like Mount Lakes and Kiel will play again next weekend. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how much they show each other today as uh, obviously yeah, exactly. <laughs> they want to keep a few things uh, under wraps. And just before we go, quickly, I've also been noticing online as well with the WRFL, a number of the uh, men's clubs there looking at entering women's sides next year. I've seen there's been uh, an open day or tryout day from uh, Spotswood and Point Cook around that area is also interested in entering a side next year. Yeah, it looks like we will hopefully um, have a standalone WRFL women's team next year. We have Spotswood, Laviton, Point Cook, um, the Arrow Seven Eagles are also looking to enter a women's team as well. So it's um, getting exciting for next year. It looks like we'll have a standalone team, a standalone competition. Well, Kristen, thank you very much for joining us here on RSN Carnival, and we look forward to catching up with you in a couple of weeks' time when we're deep into the final series of the EDFL WRFL Women's. Thank you. Look forward to chatting to you. Live across the web, this is the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day. Indeed, it is the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day on RSN Carnival Digital Radio and by the RSN Racing and Sport app. Peter Holden and Matthew Cox here with you at uh, Plenty War Memorial Park in Plenty. It's 11 minutes to 2. We're not too far away from a bounce down. The batter is coming out as we speak because running through it very soon will be Amelia Barton, Collingwood footballer, 100-gamer here at Diamond Creek. Tremendous effort. Fantastic achievement, isn't it? Uh, and, uh, as you say, has been on the end of some success with the AFLW competition. Um, and, obviously, hopefully for a bit of success this year with Diamond Creek all going well. They're in the front posse at the moment. So, uh, congratulations to her uh, 100 games. Uh, no mean feat in this competition. Parents on the other banner there, or Grant Barton was uh, Premiership coach here for 2012 at Diamond Creek. The umpire holds the ball off. The timekeeper's there. He might want to get the hooter. Nope. They're too busy doing their score. Um, uh, Laura Jure Laura also holding the banner while Laura Jure not playing today. Um, I've got a feeling just having a rest and getting ready to, for her five games to play as part of the Irish side uh, in the International Cup. And as we speak uh, at this very moment, you can hear coming out to the ground, Millie Barton goes through the batter, 100 gamer today, following close behind Shay Audley and, of course, Captain Stephanie Kiyochi. And, uh, of course, they're up against the St Kilda Sharks will be waiting to come out on the ground in just a moment's time. What a game today. Who are you going to go for with the tip? I honestly don't know, Pete. <laughs> um, 
I'm going to say Diamond Creek purely because it's a plenty war memorial park. There's no other factor. If it was being played at the Peanut Farm Reserve, I'd be going saying Kilda Sharks. But for one reason or another, these two sides match up very, very evenly, um, which is fantastic because we know we're going to get a, a treat in terms of uh, footy this afternoon, which is why I'm so excited to, uh, to broadcast the game. But... Um, we are in for a real close game. It's going to be under a goal. That's my tip. I'm going for a two-goal margin, but again, I'm going with you, Diamond Creek, because it's at Diamond Creek. I think we're going to be in for an arm wrestle today, which is going to be great to see. And I think the thing that helps Diamond Creek, particularly if they do win the toss, is if they get to come home in the final quarter to the grandstand end with the breeze at their back, that's just that little bit of a morale boost to just to get over the line when it's in the clinches. But uh, if either side lose today, I don't think they'll be too worried. I think both will probably squeeze in at finals time, well, particularly the St Kilda Sharks, probably the one that's more under pressure. But uh, I reckon we'll be in for a humdinger. Remember, when these two sides played earlier in the year, Crickets were up at half-time before St Kilda overran them in the end. That's right, yes. And probably wasn't a game where we were expecting St Kilda Sharks uh, to get over the line. Diamond Creek as they have been all season, have been flying, and that's probably their only blip on the radar to date. Um, and I suppose the other... You talk about the home crowd factor, and it's a, a good crowd here at Plenty War Memorial Park, but the other side of the coin, St Kilda Sharks are probably one of the fittest sides in the competition in 2017. We were told at the start of the year by Sean Smith that they'd been working on that during the pre-season, so that is something that... I think will assist them uh, certainly this afternoon. One thing that helps Diamond Creek as well, we're just seeing in, in the uh, change room singing their song, their, their seconds who play in the NFL Division 1 have won and won quite comfortably over Whitehorse today. Uh, they will be playing finals football. Uh, as much as they have next week off, they'll be playing, finishing top of the table with the bye. They'll be playing right throughout that series, probably will make and maybe even win the grand final. But for some of the sides who, particularly like Darabin in the Northern Football League, the sides don't make the grand final, that's their second over the next few weeks in finals, not getting any practice at all, not running around getting any game time. Particularly, you know, those two or three, four fringe players that you need up to scratch. Diamond Creek are going to have that over the next month and a bit. And, and as we saw earlier in the year where Darabin had to call on uh, a lot of those players uh, on the, the second rung, if you like, and they just didn't look quite up to it. It took them a, a good four weeks to get into the rhythm of the game and to work out how everyone operates. And obviously, they've also got some of their stars back into the side. But when you look at that example there, it just makes you question when you're lacking football, it can cause issues. She was named as an emergency, but she is out there wearing the jumper. It's amazing. She only had a baby a few months ago. Diana Haynes is back out there for Diamond Creek. Much better effort than either of us would put it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We struggle yeah. to broadcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, why well, don't I play top-level football? Because i got no talent. and I'm, uh, I've got no talent, and, you know, I, I, I fear being tackled. She push out a baby. No worries. A couple of months later, I'm ready for finals football. <laughs> Superhuman. Fantastic stuff. It is a fantastic achievement to be back. And, and uh, she's a bottle cog on their side when she's going. It is. Yeah, good. Good to get a few games under her belt heading into the final series. And as you say, an important player in the Diamond Creek side is the St Kilda Sharks 
make their way out onto Plenty War Memorial Park. And you can hear through the microphone, Bree Davey barking instructions there, along with co-captain Penny Kilroy, Taylor Harris playing again for them. There was thought that you'd only play a handful of games, but this is her second in a row, and this is not wearing the long sleeves today like she was at at Melbourne Uni, uh, a Queenslander getting used to the cool weather conditions. Oh. Back in the sleeveless today in the 16. Well, that's only because the sun's out. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful sunshine here. A little bit of a breeze favouring our broadcast end, which is what what uh, the northern end of the ground. Yes, broadcast end's the northern end, and it's at the southern or city end of the ground. Uh, valley end. Yeah, <laughs> and that's a valley when it goes down there. Uh, when they spend all the money on the ground, you think, couldn't you just spend just a little more, put some nets up behind that goal, just to just to make it a little bit better for everyone so it doesn't go down the valley? <laughs> Especially with the uh, no time on rule, well, do we yeah. dare bring that up again? Or? Well, well th- th- this is the curious thing uh, about it, and, and I, I put it on the umpires, I guess. Sorry, boys. Um, but the spare football that's kept for the VFLW is normally kept next to was last time we here next to the timekeepers. But if you lose the ball, you lose it down the valley end. So if they lose the umpires, the boundary umpires wait down the valley end. If they lose the football, they're going to run all the way down the other end of the ground to get the spare football. And you're thinking, well, why wouldn't they leave a spare just behind the goals at the valley end to say, oh, if the ball goes down the valley, it doesn't matter. So we can get it. We can get the spare straight away and run it back to the centre. Well, just on that, Pete, looking through the goggles at the moment, one of the goal umpires has the spare ball. He did have it in his hand. He's just put it between his legs. So... Maybe they've cottoned on to that idea. Did you go yeah. into the change rooms uh, beforehand? Uh, and, mate, and mate or, or they've listened to our broadcast, because I think that's a brilliant idea. Having it down, that is common sense, so therefore you can get the football back straight away and get going again. Just going back into the goal umpire's room and reminiscing about your time waving the flags between the posts? As uh, we just watched to see... Uh, Captains will point either way. None of them are helping us out to tell us which end they're kicking to, but no doubt we'll see them uh, in a moment. So I think Millie Barton had the honours because of her 100th game of taking the toss today for Diamond Creek. As we said, on at this very moment, Box Hill and Cranbourne are doing battle at uh, Mount Waverley Reserve, not their usual home ground. It's the home of the Waverley Blues, but the Eastern Devils are hosting Melbourne Uni in the video stream game, which starts at 2 o'clock. And, of course, you can watch that back on YouTube later on. Just Google for it. Yes, that's one of the advantages of... AFL Victoria doing the live stream. You can go back and, and have a have a watch of that while you're listening to us live this afternoon on RSN at Carnival Digital Radio. Let's having a look through the uh, players in the side today for Diamond Cricket. Some of those crucial players. Again, we're watching Chloe Malloy, the presumptive uh, number one draft pick that everyone is uh, certainly talking up. Also, Ashley Riddell, who was our player of the day last time round. She's another key player to watch out on. Kieran Harrington, who is, of course, that uh, rookie pick there for Carlton in the side. As we said, Haynes is back in, Loins and and uh, Audley in that midfield. Surely a, an action-packed team there. The only uh, difference that I've just noticed, of course, is that Jarea not playing and Fitzpatrick not playing, both of them preparing for the International Cup. Yeah, it's a, it's a strong side, isn't it? And, the, and the, the added dimension for Diamond Creek in 2017 has been the fact that they can move players around the magnet ball and they still play a role. Malloy is a classic example of that. The last time we were out here, she spent the first half up the ground around goals and was serviceable, I think kicking two goals in the first half. Um, and then in the second half, spent periods down in, in defence. So just one of the players, she's uh, currently practising for goal and slotting it, um, but one of the players that can be thrown around into two different positions, and that's that's a key with this Diamond Creek side, and there's a lot of them that can do that. And I think the other, one of the players that I'm going to watch to see what her role today is is Lisa Williams, 
One of the ones that over the course of time has spent a lot of time either in the midfield or floating across half-back had different role the last time against Melbourne Uni. So looking forward to seeing where she plays this afternoon. It was intriguing to see her come out of centre-half forward, but it seemed to work. It gave him a vital link-up player. Uh, for the St Kilda Sharks, uh, interesting to keep an eye on the ruck work today of Jenna Colwell. Uh, Colwell, of course... Um, uh, the last batch against Melbourne Uni went up against the likes of Candace Adams and Kat O'Brien and beat them and beat them quite cleanly and she's not taller than them by any stretch of the imagination had a great game in the rack surprisingly at any stage Andrew Jago didn't throw in Lauren Spark or um, or Kate Sheilor to go a quarter with her to try and you know get the advantage and it just allowed Colwell to control the ruck all day. Um, we also saw in that game uh, Brianna Davy find her touch just Rolls Royce dominated through the middle of the ground in a superb performance. Madison Gay was sensational as well from the Sharks in that game and got our player of the day. Um, and as we said, for Taylor Harris when she made her debut, um, it wasn't what we say a starring role. She just played a role in the team and fitted in nicely. Just, as we said, didn't have to be involved in every passenger play. Just did a little bit there, here and there, rotated through the midfield and it was just like, it was just that extra rotation that helped them. Yeah, and as it comes to the pointy end, probably the area of concern for the St Kilda Sharks when I've seen them so far in 2017, their entries inside attacking 50 don't look quite right. They're a bit clunky at times. Um, and I know Gardner has been... Uh, sorry, Garner and Gardner uh, have been good around that half-forward area in patches, but uh, she adds another dynamic to the, to the Sharks' side. And while she's not contributing on the scoreboard... As you say, she provides a, a vital cog in the, the shark side. Gather back into today's side. Vivian McWilliams was a standout coming out of full forward for them last match. Which is a different role for her to be playing too. More of the, the defensive type over the last few seasons. And well, took a specky as well. <laughs> just uh, coming up the other end. As, uh, she hasn't played too many games this year uh, after playing for GWS in the AFLW competition, so good to see that she's spending a bit of time up forward and kicking a couple of goals. Maybe she's enjoying with a bit more freedom and a bit more movement because Mo isn't there, and really you had to forfeit the forward 50 to Mo and work within her game plan because she's not there. It's allowing McMillions to be the focal point, and when she wasn't at the focal point, it was Jenna Burton at yes. full forward. Yeah, which <laughs> not not the the first player that comes to mind for a, for a full forward. Guess who's going to the forward line? Taylor Harris, and guess who Ida straight away? Tanya Hetherington. <laughs> if they go mono on mono, this is going to be a ripping battle. This yeah. is going to be a contest. Although Hetherington's just walked straight past her, and it looks like Hicks might be getting the go, job. Going to Garner and Hicks versus Harris to get us underway. Here's Matthew Cox. Thank you very much, Peter Holden. Ernst won the tap down for the Creekers. Tilly Lucas Rod gets a kick towards half forward, comes off hands. Moorcroft coming through, feeds the handball across to Williams. She kicks it in towards the middle. It's a bouncing ball. Harrington chasing after it. Gets shoved off the footy by Downey. Downey feeding her way through traffic. It's a looping handball, a dangerous one into the hands of Riddle. And just work it by hand, getting shrugged there, Lamb. Ball on the deck. Davy feeds the handball out. She gets the one-two. Centre wing broadcast side for the Sharks. Kick towards the top of the 50. Good mark. Taken there by Renee Hicks. So gave it to Kiyotchi who fumbled immediately. Garner to McWilliams. Back to Walsh. Got one high. And we'll get a free kick. Half forward flank broadcast side for St Kilda. Kicking to the northern broadcast end of Plenty War Memorial Park in this first term. 
Walsh looking around, goes for the chip, acknowledges the leader, Garner from behind was Hetherington, almost fell on the lap there of McWings, he went to ground, is fighting for the ball, pardon me, in fact it was Gardner, trying to hatch the football out, Kiyochi's coming over the top, trying to fight her way through his Saxton, ball squeezed out to Emma Grant, Grant's got it in the back pocket, under all kinds of pressure from Harris, who's brought her kick, across the boundary line, it will go out as Tilly Lucas Wright trying to pick up the football, will throw it in, forward pocket, for the St Kilda Sharks, they're attacking the club room end, no score either side. About a minute and a half into the first term here in the girls play footy.com match of the day on RSN Carnival ball back into play McWilliams did the rock work stripped Kiyochi of the footy but then was holding on to her so free kick going the way of Kiyochi and she kicks it towards the broadcast side where Hicks will take the mark in a bit of space takes on Harris and kicks the ball towards centre wing Williams sitting underneath it takes the chest mark defensive side of the broadcast wing Williams right foot kick down along the line, comes off hand, Sharks with numbers, will look to come back towards the top of the 50, high ball, Ernst sitting underneath it, takes the mark, corner of the centre square, broadcast side for Diamond Creek, she switches the footy, over to the outer side, Tilly Lucas Rod applies the pressure, spilling the beans there, but was able to collect it, Brazali kicks it towards centre wing, outer side, pack forms, Garner there for the Sharks, kicks the ball towards Gardner, inside attacking 50, couldn't take the clean mark but was able to gather, flick the handball back in board, Hetherington gets it across to Bazali, who whacks it on the boot in hope, close to the boundary line, goes through everyone and eventually rolls over that line and out of play. No score either side, two and a half minutes into the first term here in the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day on RSN Carnival is Peter Holden. And it's going to be Colwell versus Ernst in this contest as we wait for the ball to be thrown back into play. A bit of pushing and shoving as Davian Maloya going head to head. That's an intriguing contest. One down by Colwell close towards the boundary line. Doesn't go out. It was uh, Maloya kept it in. He tried to go to Audley. He was dispossessed of the football. Taken away by Bree Davy. Ball in the China shop just to charge her way through but Ernst caught her around the waist. Got rid of the football. Taken away by Renee Hicks. Goes towards the half-forward flank position, flying attempt for the mark, taken away there by Penny Kula-Reed now finding Rebecca Knees, on the cricket pitch in the middle of the ground, goes for a bit of a run kicks it to McWilliams, has got space on her opponent and Renee Hicks, chasing after it, the ball got away from her, Hicks gets it in front of herself, she's under pressure here from Walsh, and the ball will go over the boundary line and out of bounds, half-forward for the Sharks We've done most of the attacking in the first three and a half minutes, St Kilda just need to hit up a couple of targets across the half-forward area. Ball back into play. Colwell, front spot. Knocked from behind by Ernst. Brought it to ground. Neves trying to follow it up. Got pushed off the footy. Umpire calls play on. Button in there. Trying to extract it. Can't do so. Eventually does now. Kicks it to Tilly Lucas Rod. Arms outstretched. Takes the mark. In the middle of plenty war Memorial Park. She looks to come to the top of the 50. Harris ran underneath it. Ball bobbling around. Creekers with the numbers. Moorcroft to Kiyochi. Running backwards for Diamond Creek across the face of goal. Risky but pays off to Hetherington. Hetherington's kick is very dangerous. Emma Grant takes the mark. She decides to go up towards centre wing. Creekers with the numbers. Brazali kicks the ball towards Gretsch. She takes the mark at centre half forward. That got brought down by Mia Ray Clifford. It will get the free kick at centre-half back for St Kilda. Game being played at breakneck speed early. No score either side as Davey takes the mark. Four and a half minutes gone. First term on RSN Carnival. Goes on the right boot. Out towards the wing position. Looking for and spotting up Taylor Watson. Watson takes a bounce and goes for a run. Draws the player towards Rinchiocci. Now goes for Harris. Who just had it to fingertips. Couldn't control.
control it. Ball goes over the boundary line and out of bounds. 50 metres out from the Sharks' goal. No score either side. Hello, match-up for you. Hetherington currently on Ghana, which is a little bit interesting. As Harris looks off the lead at the moment as well. Ernst won the tap down. Brutton might have got one over the shoulder. Umpire calls play on. She's now wrapped up. The umpire says, give it to me, I'll ball it up. Half-forward flank broadcast side for the Sharks. Still no score either side. Five and a half into the first term. Brutton again trying to fight her way through. The umpire says, we're going nowhere. And we'll ball it up. Ground looking in great condition, almost lawn bowls tied, but it's just being that finely cut as the ball is thrown up in the air. Ernst won the contest. Brutton tries to fight her way through. Can't get onto the football. Cole was also fighting for it. Ball spills free. Now stacks on the mills. All they try to get in there and extract the football. Quick hands out, managing to find Kiyochi. Kiyochi sold the candy. Went across the face of goal. Dangerous looking kick. Will it stick? Trying to chase on onto it is Harrington. Up against the boundary line. Went with a hand pass backwards to Moorcroft, who kicked it into the backside of a player. It's built free. Kiyochi comes up, picks it up, still caught in the back pocket, had to struggle too, got on the right boot, went up towards the halfback flank, had to be good with the kick and she was perfect with it, and taking the mark at the halfback flank and relieving the pressure is Katie Loins. Loins winds up, goes down along the boundary line on the outer side and hits up a target in Gretsch. Gretsch has it centre wing outer side for Diamond Creek, looks to go long with the kick, Towards the forward pocket, comes off hands, getting spun around there. Was Downey, I think, at the bottom of that pack for the Sharks. And we'll get a ball up. Half forward flank out of side for Diamond Creek. Ball to the deck. At a, orderly, sorry, hovering. Comes off hands. Now the Sharks look to kick it in towards the middle was a risky kick. Haynes. Haynes got it across to Hicks. That's Kirby who goes inside attacking 50 with the footy. Again, no mark. And did it go out on the full? The umpire says no. We'll have a boundary throw in half forward flank now on the broadcast side for Diamond Creek. Seven minutes into the opening term. Here on GoalPlaceFooty.com, match the day on RSN Carnival Digital Radio as the ball is thrown back in. Colwell goes in the contest versus Downey. Downey won it, tapped it, but only as far as Davey, spun around beautifully. They'll get on dancing with the stars, that move. Got it across to Rebecca Neve, got knocked over at the last moment. Emma Grant had to fall at her feet, couldn't control it. Under pressure from Taylor Watson, going to ground there and fighting hard for it. There is Ruby Slicer, she can't extract it. And the umpire blows the whistle and calls for a bounce. Centre wing on the eastern side of the ground here at Plenty War Memorial Park. No score either side. It's been great footy, and the defensive pressure from both sides has been fantastic, and we've seen some end-to-end football so far. Still a pack situation as Davey tried to get the hand pass out. But don't argue from Taylor Harris. She got on the right boot, went long up the line, trying to find Garner, went through her hands, taken away there by Hetherington, got it to Walcroft, who's arrogant enough to take a bounce, and then got around Walsh, put it on the right boot, heading in the Williams direction, went past her, Kiyochi gets onto it, Williams on her outside as she wants to go to her, goes in board instead, finds the player who now gets the hand pass across to Williams, on the wing, on the western side of the ground, goes towards half-fourth, the one-on-one, Gretsch versus Mia Ray Clifford, and Clifford read it best, takes a diving mark. Clifford on the half-back flank, out of sight for St Kilda, no score either side, eight and a half minutes in to the first term, Clifford, long, high to the wing, no mark taken, Creekers with the numbers, Haynes feeds the ball in board to Loins, Runs into a bit of trouble, but does a sidestep to get around. Long ball back towards the top of the 50. Gretsch took the mark. 
It wasn't paid. It was touched off the boot. The umpire says, give it to me. I'll ball it up. Just in from the boundary line. Or oh, just inside attacking 52. Far end of the ground from our broadcast position. Fisted away by Colwell, searching for the boundary line. Bounces past Tilly Lucas Rod. Williams there. Gives the handball back to Grant, who goes inside attacking 50 with the kick. And again, it's all wrapped up on the deck. Colwell trying to extract it. Audley in there as well. We'll get a ball up. Half forward flank, out of side for Diamond Creek. Still no score either side approaching the halfway mark of the first term. Ball is thrown up in the air. Ernst won the tap down. Malloy had it momentarily. Got knocked out of her hands. Her right hand pass got out to Brutton. Brutton went for a run. Got on the right boot. Up towards the wing position. Good mark taken by Gay. Who has to swing around quickly. Gets on the right boot. Looking in the Harris direction. Had one, two bites of the cherry. Couldn't quite bring it down. Ball spills out to Kiochi. Had to dance around one. Kiochi now pulls the kick. Finds Moorcroft. Who takes the mark while under some heat from Walsh. Moorcroft on the right boot. Switches by the Woods to the halfback. Haynes has got a paddock to work with. The buttons coming at her. Goes for a little chip kick. Probably could have gone the hand pass more than anything. And at the feet there. Finding it difficult to pick up as Christina Bernardi does so. Then gets tackled by Walsh. Goes back to Haynes. Haynes under pressure from Button. Good bump laid on there courtesy of Moorcroft. Haynes gets the kick in towards the middle of the ground. Came off hands. Gardner had it momentarily. Stolen from her by Downey. Downey now goes out towards the wing of the Brasali direction. She's under the heat, two on one, hand pass out to Grant, Grant, oh, dodged through traffic beautifully, got out towards the half forward flank position, juggling football out there, hand pass over the top, back to Grant again, Grant starts to Candy Grant ran to 50 metres out, goes long towards the goal square, waiting out there is Bernardi, who pushed her way up the ground has to dance around Mia Ray Clifford, got caught, hand pass away, Clifford now picks up the football, dances around out of defence and relieves the pressure, Sharks back towards the centre wing, Haynes first on the spot, but it's under pressure from McWilliam McWilliams shoves her off the footy. Handball backwards into no man's land. Coming through there, Malloy gets tackled. A little high by Chapman. Umpire calls play on. McWilliams might have got a shove in the back. Umpire's put the whistle away. Colwell now picks it up for the Sharks. They get a kick back in towards the middle of the ground. Garner applied the spoil. Garner comes through trying to extract the footy. Kiochi in over the top comes Chapman. We're going to get a ball up. Back in the centre of Plenty War Memorial Park. And luckily, Pete, we haven't got a special comments person today because they wouldn't get a word in. <laughs> Absolutely not. Has Colwell not the ball to ground? Button trying to pick it up there. Maybe did Chaplin get one over the shoulder? No, she didn't. She's trying to get rid of the tackle of Kiyochi. Umpire saying play on. It came out. Button goes in there. She can't extract the ball. Down he's watching on. Umpire blows the whistle and calls for a ball up. By the way, if you just joined us, no score either side. <laughs> 11 and a half minutes gone first turn. But it's been great football. It's been end-to-end thrilling contests. But they've been throwing their bodies on the line like this is a final. Trying to go in there and pick it up again as Riddle. Got knocked out of her hands. It was taken away by Colwell. Unleashed Tilly Lucas Watt who went inside 50. Ross Bonaghi from Moorcroft. He went through. Got it to Hetherington. Hetherington's hand pass. Too hot for Riddle who gets mown down by Brutton. Brutton goes in one more time. She gets collected in the way through courtesy of Grant. It was uh, McWilliams who got the hand pass to Walsh. Got dispossessed. In goes Kiochi. Snacks on the mill. We'll call for a ball up. Breakneck speed. Fantastic footy to watch. No score either side. Twelve and a half minutes into the first term. Tap goes the way of the Creekers. Clearing kick from Lamb. Ball bouncing towards the boundary line on the broadcast side. The Diamond Creek pushing and shoving. Loins coming through. Got dispossessed. Sharks with the numbers here. Oh, they left it behind. Did Bailey. 
Ball over the boundary line and out of play. Attacking side of the broadcast wing, favouring Diamond Creek. Still no score either side, approaching the 13-minute mark of the first term. As we wait for the ball to be thrown back into play, Downey wins the contest. Double fist close towards the boundary line. Will it go out? It doesn't. And oh, getting a shove over the line at the last second was Brown. And the umpire's come in and said, that was untoward, that will be a free kick. Wasn't necessary. And Alison Brown has a forward of centre, wing, eastern side. Long, win the gunner direction, Kiyochi read it best. Then it got stolen out of her hands, though, by Gardner, who goes inside 50. It's a dribbling football. It's in the goal spread. Morecroft chasing after it. We'll see it through for a minor score. First score of the game. 13 and a half minutes gone of the first quarter. One behind the Sharks, no score, Diamond Creek. Jeez, take a breath. First time we've been able to this quarter. Moorcroft looks to come to the broadcast side. It's a long kick. Harris sitting underneath that Reddit pest. Takes the mark up against the boundary line. Goes long with the kick. High ball in the goal square. Comes off hands. And through for another minor score for the Sharks. They're two behinds. Diamond Creek yet to score. 14 gone. Opening term here on the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day on RSN Carnival. Hetherington from full back. It's a long bomb. Had a great mark taken by Downey. Downey thought about playing on. Does so now. Goes the hand pass in board. Don't you to go there with the player in uh, Harrington. Harrington went up the line only for it to be intercepted by the Sharks. Now it's centre half back. And taken back there. Might be Gay, I think, who's got the football. Who goes long. Uh, kick, though, intercepted. And taken by his Lamb. Lamb to Williams, who's got a paddock to work with. Williams spotted the player in Grant, oh. who was out the half-foot flank. The kick needed to be better. It wasn't. It's away and out of bounds. Grant seems to be the loose player at the moment for Diamond Creek. No one matching up with her from the Sharks. And she's been in a fair bit of play. Yeah. Taken on the roll, I think, Kiyopchi was playing in the first ten minutes. She, she was a... A step behind play. Seemed to be retrieving a lot of the footy. As the ball's back into play. Williams applies the tackle. Sharks trying to get a clean handball away. They do now. Chapman to Gay. Dances through traffic. Long ball towards Harris at half forward. She takes the mark at full stretch. Has ball short in the pocket. But decides to go longer. Gardner. Vacant goal square. Is it going to bounce through? No. Minor score. Three behinds now for the Sharks. As Diamond Creek bring it quickly back into play, Hetherington gives a handball across to Haynes. And Haynes now goes on the right boot, goes up the line with a kick. Got to be good and does. It sticks. Hand pass quickly off to Malloy. Malloy, oh, a kick was smothered though when she wasn't looking. And it's going to be sent straight back from whence it came. Gardner moves it up the line. Now coming out to meet it though is the player in Saxton. Saxton moves it sideways, close to the scoreboard side. Malloy comes out to take the mark. Defensive side of centre wing. The kick is out of bounds of the full, a bit of a shocker. And uh, the resulting free kick to be taken by the Sharks. They have the ball on the wing. They go long and they go high. But the Harris direction, she flew just a half a second too early. Good pressure from behind by Kirby Hicks. Ball still on the ground. Now hurry kick around the corner by Davey. Tries to centre it. Front positive in Moorcroft. Umpire said it hit the ground first. Umpire now says she's all wrapped up. Good pressure by Walsh and will call for a ball up. 30 metres out from the from the Sharks' goal. They lead by two points. Three points. Three points, pardon me. The scoreboard hasn't ticked over there. <laughs> As it's back underway, Moorcroft again fighting for it. Tries to paddle it out, but it was into the hands of Gardner. To Davey, her kick was smothered and another minor score. Ball behind the St Kilda Sharks. Diamond Creek yet to score. 
16 and a half minutes into the first term. Here in the girls play footy.com match of the day on RSN Carnival. Saxton brings the ball back into play. Long ball for Diamond Creek towards the half-back line. Loins fisted it forward, then did her own roving work. Moves it towards the half-forward flank on the outer side for the Creekers. It's a race. Ernst got shoved off the footy. Sharks with the numbers. A chip kick over the top. Hits up Clifford. Defensive side of the outer wing. She puts it up. Downey. McWilliams closed in on her and caused the contest. Sharks now through Neves. Kicks it inside attacking 50. Searching for Walsh. Moorcroft's got a hand to it. And it's over the boundary line and out of play. Forward pocket out of side for the Sharks. They're full behinds. Diamond Creek yet to score. 17 and a half minutes into the first term. You're in the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. As the ball is thrown back in. A uh, bit of pushing and shoving as Colwell brought the ball to ground. Kirby Hicks had it first, got taken out of her hands. Harris was there momentarily. In goes Moorcroft. She's wrapped up by Garda. Umpire blows the whistle, calls her a ball up. Great crowd in attendance here at Plenty War Memorial Park for this battle between first and third in the Swiss Bowlers VFL Women's Competition. Downey wins the contest. Ball hit the ground. Kiyochi came charging through. Escorted the ball over the boundary line and out of bounds. And we'll have another throw in. Four behinds the St Kilda Sharks. Diamond Creek get the score under two minutes remaining in the quarter. Fierce footy here at Plenty War Memorial Park. A great contest between two great sides as the ball's pushed back towards the boundary line and out of play. We'll get another boundary throw in. Forward pocket for the Sharks. Umpire to bring the ball back into play. Long ball, high ball. Downey out the back. Tapped it down. Loins fed it by hand, but into the hands of Gay, who kicks it inside attacking 50, where Grant takes the mark for Diamond Creek. Wanted to go, but then decides, no, I'm holding up. Kicks it back. Oh, Harris came in. Got a fingertip to it. Brought it to ground. Moorcroft roving. Gets it to Malloy. Kicks it towards the centre wing on the outer side. It's a bouncing ball. Works okay out there for Barden. Runs into a bit of trouble. Has to send the handball back in board. Loins. Gathered it. The umpire blew the whistle. And there'll be a downfield free kick. There's a Sharks player in a bit of trouble. Lower leg. It's got knocked off the footy as Loins took possession of it. Umpire stopping play for the moment. I don't think he's called time on, but he's just holding things up. It's Davey. She gets up and with a bit of a limp. Yeah, left leg a little bit sore. It seems to be an ankle. She's had problems with her ankles in her past. So Loins goes long towards centre-half forward where Hetherington takes the mark. In fact, she's still inside the centre square. Goes to Kiochi short. Sells a bit of candy to get around Brutton. Has to send the handball back to Hetherington who unloads from 50. But it's offline and didn't make the distance. It's pushed over the boundary line and out of play. We'll throw it in. Forward pocket broadcast side for Diamond Creek. They're yet to score. As we are about to hit the quarter time siren, St Kilda Sharks are four behinds. Uh, what an entertaining opening term of women's football here in the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day on RSN Carnival. Four behinds, no goals scored in that term. Four behinds to the St Kilda Sharks. Diamond Creek yet to score. And whilst the scoreboard suggests otherwise, Pete, what a fantastic game of footy. 
unbelievable end-to-end action. Players coming into the game. We've seen Emma Grant work her way in there. We've seen Stephanie Kiyochi. We've seen Chloe Malloy get her way into the game. Lauren Moorcroft, solid in defence. If you look at the St Kilda Sharks, Taylor Harris becoming more and more of a presence. We've also seen Rebecca Neves get into the action. Taylor Watson across half-back as well. Jenna Brutton's been running down people left, right and centre. The one player who's been dominant, but will she come back out into the ground, is Bree Davy, who just went down there limping off in the dying stages of that term. She did, she did, and I'm just looking across at the Sharks bench. She's not there, so I'm assuming she's gone into the huddle, so we're hoping it's just a knock for Davy. Got pushed awkward. Uh, into the turf as Loins took possession of the footy just in that yeah. final passage of play. So. The, only, the only thing we're worried about was in the past she has had yes. problems with her ankle. So let's just hope, as you said, just a knock and she can walk it off. Missed quite a few games last season uh, with that injury. We might take this opportunity to take a break here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio and the RSN Racing and Sport app. At quarter time, it is the St Kilda Sharks, four behinds, leading Diamond Creek yet to score. It might be a low-scoring contest, but it is a cracking game. You're listening to Carnival on digital radio, live streaming around the world and on the RSN smartphone app. See the listening guide at rsn.net.au. It's access all areas to the game of golf. No, I did win, actually. Inside the ropes, talks with the Aussie golfing guns at home and overseas. I just aimed for the back of the green and it actually bummed back and saw about the It's all thanks to Golf Australia. That's an extraordinary achievement. Inside the ropes. Every Sunday morning from 6 to 7. Obviously the weekend was a great result. On RSN 927. Some bandit on a handicap of 20 come in. Or catch it streaming live and podcast everywhere at rsn.net.au. The symptoms of ovarian cancer sound like part of every woman's life. Abdominal bloating, abdominal or back pain, appetite loss, changes in toilet habits, unexplained weight gain or loss, indigestion or heartburn, and fatigue. But if these symptoms are unusual for you and they persist, please see your doctor. For more information, visit the Ovarian Cancer Program website at nbocc.org.au. It's Anna Mears winning gold. Hey, I'm Anna Mears. Winning gold at the Olympics was an incredible feeling. And having my biggest rival, who I'd just beaten, ride up next to me and lift my hand in victory topped off an amazing moment. We'd had our fair share of clashes over the years, but in the end, we both respected each other, and that's what really counts in sport. Be gracious in victory and in defeat. To keep your sport inclusive, safe and fair, go to playbytherules.net.au. Oh, hi, I'm Maria from Sesame Street. And Elmo's Elmo. And we're here to talk about driveways. Driveways can be dangerous for children. Or little red monsters. So it's important for parents to always watch their children around them. Yeah, driveways are for cars, not for planes. That's right, Elmo. Play only in safe places away from driveways because people in cars may not see you. Uh, Elmo sees you, Maria. Tag, you're out. Oh, here I come, Elmo. <laughs> Remember, driveways are like roads. Always supervise, separate, and see. Learn more at kidsafevic.com.au. Our children are so precious, and the next generation of farmers. Make a safe play area where the fence and gates are secure. With supervision, you'll reduce the chance of kids being injured, or worse. 
visit farmsafe.org.au. Live across the web, this is the girlsplayfooty.com. Match of the day. The girlsplayfooty.com match of the day here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. Peter Holden, Matthew Cox uh, with you. We're just chatting to off air uh, Lucy Watkin, of course, who is normally our special comments. Uh, hopefully will be joining us as we get closer towards the final. She'll be back with us. She just played her last game for Whitehorse today because Whitehorse uh, had their final round match and they won't be playing finals. As soon as we said the words Mad Monday, you just said, that, oh, no, the dread, the dread. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not looking forward to it too much, I think, uh, Lu- Lucy Watkin there. Oh, dear, Amy. But uh, a number of those sides will be... Um, a number of those sides will, of course, be... Um, uh, participating in Mad Monday celebrations. Of course, the Northern Football League goes into their finals, a top five, and that begins from next week. And uh, they play their first round, as Samuel Zito said, at, uh, Nor- at uh, Bill Laurie Oval, and then after that at Preston City Oval. Around the ground, scores Melbourne Uni 4-2-26, lead the Eastern Devils 1-1-7. So the Devils in trouble there. Melbourne Uni must have kicked back into gear. Box Hill, 117 League, Cranbourne, no score. Hello. So my tip on the podcast during the week with Box Hill getting over Cranbourne, looking good. Geez, two wins in a row and they'll be up and about. They'll be, uh, they might be feeling no. a bit cocky going into the Geelong game next week. Can I, can I claim responsibility of that? Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> As the players start to go into their respective uh, positions. Goals, by the way, for Melbourne Uni, Carney, McIntosh, Edward and Eva. So the contributors across the board. Goal for the for the um, goal for the Devils, Sarah Perkins. There you go. It's a familiar name, isn't it? She's back from uh, South Australia to uh, help them out for a game. Just having a look around at the moment, and let's see if we go to the St Kilda Sharks bench. And Bree Davies just getting worked on on the massage table. So maybe she's just cramped up or something like that or done a calf and they're just seeing if they can work on that. But that's a good sign. If she's being worked on, that means they're hoping to get it back out into the ground. Pivotal cog in this uh, St Kilda Sharks lineup, and they're going to need everything uh, this afternoon because this is a great contest here at Plenty War Memorial Park. A couple of late stragglers coming off the ground, including the former Diamond Creek coach in Grand Barton. Can in hand, good man. <laughs> a little bit more relaxed. Get us underway for the second term on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. Here's Matthew Cox. Big fly from Ernst. Couldn't bring it down. Rutten. Tried to feed the handball out. Grant got knocked off the footy. And we should get a ball up on top of the cricket pitch here at Plenty War Memorial Park. Four behinds the St Kilda Sharks. Diamond Creek yet to score. Early stages of the second term. Riddle gets a kick towards the centre wing. Awkward bounce. Williams. Felita Shins. Then was able to collect it on the half volley. Handball to try and keep it in play. Brutton sees the ball over and out of play in front of the Diamond Creek interchange bench. We'll get a boundary throw in. Girlsplayfooty.com match of the day on RSN Carnival. Beautiful conditions here at Plenty War Memorial Park. Colwell the tap to the deck. Gay got slammed into the turf. The umpire calls play on. Kiyotsi tries to break her way through a pack. Was able to get the ball to Grant. Spirals one back towards the half forward flank, but Brutton's able to cut it off. Jenna Brutton with the football, looking around for some options. She's on the western side of the ground, goes short to Tilly Lucas Rod. She takes the mark. Still half back flank in front of the quickest coaching bench. Gets the hurry up from the umpire, then goes up the line with the kick. Had to be good, Vines. Big Williams. Big Williams flying through the air to take that chest mark in front of Tanya Hetherington. 
McWilliams looks to her right and now goes short by just propping it up. Had to be good, and it was. Schleicher takes the mark in front of Casper Brooks of the St Kilda Sharks coaching bench. Goes further up the line again. Good mark taken, and that's by, uh, look at it, Madison, pardon me, Garner. Garner now goes and finds the leader, Harris, who had it momentarily, got knocked out of her hands, and the ball gets shuffled over the boundary line and out of bounds. Great pressure from behind there, the last-minute ball from Kirby Hicks. So we'll get a boundary throw in forward, pocket out of side. Looks like Bree Davies getting ready to come back on for the St Kilda Sharks. Umpire hurls it back into play. Four-point lead to the Sharks, attacking to the valley end in this term. Southern end of Plenty War Memorial Park. The umpire's picked out a high tackle, and the free kick will be going the way of Kiochi. Kiochi wants to go short with the kick, and will to Hicks. Kirby Hicks has it inside defensive 50 for Diamond Creek. Comes down along the boundary line. High ball. Loins lost possession of it. Brutton was able to pick it up. Sends it back towards the half-forward area. But it's only Diamond Creek that are home. And they kick the ball towards the broadcast side. Through the hands of Bernardi. Neves couldn't take clean possession of it. And in the end, socketed over the boundary line and out of play. We'll throw it in half-forward flank. Broadcast side for the Sharks. Approaching the three-minute mark of the second term. Four-point lead still to the Sharks. As it's spinning back into play, Colwell versus Ernst. Colwell won it out. Ball hit the ground. Gay out momentarily. Trying to get a hurry kick away. Gardner came in and laid the tackle. Bet out hand pass here for the Creekers. Was knocked out of hands. And then Tilly Lucas Wright came in there. Now intercepting it is uh, the player in Downey who just kicked it across towards the pocket. Foot race on here. Chasing after it is Harris under pressure from Grant. And we'll see the ball trickle over the boundary line and out of bounds. 40 metres around from the right-hand point post as we'll wait for a throw-in at the valley end of the ground. Furthest from our commentary position. Four for Hines plays no score. Sharks way. Ball back into play. Ernst wins it down. Taken away by Moorcroft, who charged the way through. Out towards the half-back flank. Bouncing, bouncing, bouncing football. Going to centre wing now on the eastern side of the ground. Shuffled over the boundary line was the player in knees and will call for a ball in. Four-minute mark of the second term here in the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day on RSN Carnival. We'll get a boundary throw-in. Centre wing, broadcast side. It's a shallow throw-in. Everyone waits for it to bounce. Gay was able to collect it, but got one high, and we'll get the free kick. Centre wing, broadcast side for the Sharks. They lead by four points. Gay winds up, goes inside attacking 50. Was searching for Davey, who's back on the ground. Got shoved out of her hands, and now it's over the boundary line and out of play in front of Renee Hicks. We'll throw it in. Half-forward flank broadcast side for the Sharks. They're four behinds. Diamond Creek yet to score. Four and a half gone, second term. Well, he's spinning back into play. Back sets themselves. The ball falls short. One out by Colwell. Walsh tried to come through. Wanted to feed it out there to Garner. Stolen out of her hands, though. Going across there is Grant. Managed to get it across to Kirby Hicks. who got a hurry kick away. Only as far as Mia Ray Clifford. Clifford gave up the hand pass to Gay. Gay put it on the right foot. It's floating in. And let's go! And it's through for the Sharks! They get their first of the afternoon. And they move the score along to 1-4-10. Diamond Creek yet to score. We've got five minutes of the second term. RSN Carnival and the GirlsPlayFooty.com match of the day. Took five minutes into the second term to get that goal. 
The pressure, the defensive pressure from both sides has been extraordinary. And we should mention to those at home because they're thinking, oh, is it like yesterday's conditions where it was like a 50 kilometre per hour uh, wind. No, it's just a slight breeze here, not really generally favouring either end. It's just been tough, solid football. It is a brilliant day for footy, and we've got a brilliant contest on our hands. Big fly there from Loins, takes the mark at centre-half forward for Diamond Creek. Loins looks inside attacking 50, goes long in the Downey direction, just over her head, Downey, Mick Downey, now for the Sharks, picks it up, goes towards centre wing on the outer side, Diamond Creek though, with the numbers... The mark is taken, centre wing out of side, given the hurry up. They'll kick it back towards the half-forward flank on the outer side. Flyer from the side, Meg Downey takes the mark for the Sharks. Downey, Downey with the football, half-back flank in front of the Creekers bench, just goes up the line with the kick, close to the scoreboard. Pressure was there from Hetherington, but the hand pass came out. Now looking for Colwell, courtesy of Hetherington, kicks along the ground. Nick Williams got involved in the contest as well, taken out of there by Harrington, who just slams it forward, looking for Loins. Downey on her hammer. Ball goes over the boundary line and out of bounds, and we'll have a throw-in. 55, 60 metres out from the... Creekers goal, they're coming towards the club room into the ground, which may help them in the final quarter when they're looking for that little morale boost. Especially when it's as close as it currently is. Tap goes the way of Colwell. Meg Downey gave it off to Brutton, just escapes the tackle and kicks it towards centre wing. Hetherington slapped it down to the deck and then follows it up. Feeds the handball across to Moorcroft. Got knocked off her feet by Davey, but was still able to maintain possession of the footy. Hetherington comes up to Loins. She's blocked by the umpire. Yep. Oh, free kick against the umpire. Loins. Long kick. Inside attacking 50. Downey was being held. And she'll get the free kick. 45 degree angle. We'll make it 25 metres out from goal. Tough angle, but should be able to get the distance. She gets this one. That's their first on the board and gets the wheels going for the Creekers and brings it back to a four-point ball game. And if she misses... Does that just create a bit of frustration for Diamond Creek? They are yet to score, approaching the eight-minute mark of the second term. Downey, right foot kick on its way. The goal umpire did a bit of movement and says it's through for a minor score. They're first at the eight-minute mark. They trail by nine points. The Sharks, one for ten. Here on the girlsplayfooty.com, match of the day on RSN, Carnival Digital Radio. Eddie Kilder read to bring the ball back into play for the St Kilda Sharks. As she kicks very close to boundary line, back too far over and out of bounds on the ball. Went over the head there, Tilly Lucas right. So that means it is Chloe Malloy. Now, will she pass or will she have a crack at goal from here? She is about 45 metres out. Have a shot. On a tough angle. We're right in line with her. She's looking to centre it. She's... Looking towards the goals. Plenty of leads on offer. She's going to go for the top of the goal square. Loins puts it up in the air. Flying pack. Downey had hands in there. Getting to it is Loins first. Can't control it. Clifford on her hammer. Clifford still got it. Tries to break three. Hand pass to Giotti. Got taken out of her hands by Downey. Downey going further afield. Maybe being held quite by Grant. Ball on the ground. Grant goes in again. Hand pass out well under pressure. Only kept the ball at the feet. Riddle now goes to spear one. And it works out nicely. Mark taken here. All the Creekers about 45 metres out. Every player in the forward half of Plenty War Memorial Park. The Diamond Creek. Yachty's bacon in the pocket. 
Williams ignores that. She goes long with the kick. Going to fall in the goal square. Pack flies. No one brings it down. Davy bottom of the pack. Bit the handball to Chapman. Eyeball towards Neves on half back. She heard footsteps and dropped the mark. Over the boundary line and out of play. We'll throw it in. Half forward flank. Broadcast side for Diamond Creek. They trail by nine points. They're one behind the Sharks. one approaching the ten-minute mark of the second term here in the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day on RSN, Carnival Digital Radio. Ball back into play. Big heat back in. It's going to fall short of both rucks. Crowd frustrated with the throw in. It's Riddle kicked around the corner. Lloyd's good punch behind by Gilda Reed. He sees the ball over the boundary line and out of bounds. Right in front of our broadcast position and a great crowd in here at Plenty War Memorial Park in Plenty. If you look all the way around the ground, I reckon you could be looking about 400 people here. That is a fantastic crowd in attendance. Ball is back into play. Good punch there from Colwell. Knees trying to get across to Tilly Lucas Rod, who is dispossessed by by Williams. In goes Ernst as well. Colwell jumps in with Williams as well. And the umpire blows for a whistle. Will call for a ball up. Centre half forward for the Creekers. They're down by nine points. Looking the way Diamond Creek is setting up here. Heatherington at centre half back. The move's been made. Moorcroft now on Garner. Creekers will get a kick back inside. Attacking 50. Lines at full stretch. Couldn't bring it in. Meg Downey for the Sharks. Kicks it towards the half back flank. Comes off hands. Now Haynes for Diamond Creek collects the footy, feeds the handball backwards to Harrington, worked their way through traffic, couldn't get rid of the second tackle, the umpire calls play on, Sharks can't get a clean possession away, Kiyotchi left it behind, hot footy, half forward flank, out of side for Diamond Creek, Rosali gets a kick inside attacking 50 but it will race towards the boundary line and out of play about 10 metres around from goal in the outer pocket. 1-4-10 the Sharks, one behind Diamond Creek, 11 gone, second term here in the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day on RSN Carnival Digital Peak. And you can listen as well by downloading the RSN Racing and Sport app to your mobile phone, then just press Carnival as the ball is thrown back into play. Downey won the contest. Bree Davey got knocked over in the process. Malay! Around the corner to the right. Minus score. And it's two behind the Creekers. 1-4-10, the St Kilda Sharks here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. We've got eight and a half minutes remaining in this second term. They've been able to lock it in, Diamond Creek, but they need to get a goal in the next couple of minutes. As Penny Kildareed sends it long, back into play. Sharks through Gay, got it to Chapman, but the umpire says there's a free kick, and it will go the way of Malloy for Diamond Creek. 80 from home. Malloy has Gretsch on with the lead. That's the direction she goes. Contest comes off hands. Lloyd that's at the fall of the ball. Top of the goal square. Runs away from the pack and puts it through. Diamond Creek moved to 1-2-8. Sharks 1-4-10. Great game of footy here at Plenty War Memorial Park. Haney Loins, the first goal kicker for Diamond Creek. And here the crowd as well. They're well and truly into it. They've been fired up wanting to uh, scream out loud when one went through. And finally they get to with one of their favourites, Katie Loins, putting one on the board. Two-point ball game here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. one the Sharks, one the Creekers. Cracking contest. We'll have around-the-ground scores for you at halftime for the Box Hill Cranbourne and Eastern Devils Melbourne Uni games. Ball back in the middle of the ground, thrown up in the air. One out by Ernst. Ball hit the ground. Want to try and chase up her own footy. Tackle laid on there by Colwell. Umpire comes in and calls for a secondary ball up. Ripping contest here at Plenty War Memorial Park. Perfect conditions for football. Thrown up in the air. Ernst won it again. Malloy was there. Davy knocked out of her hands. Davy went again. Kiyotchi hands and knees. 
Got a little hand pass out. Stolen out of hands of Malloy by Tilly Lucas Rod. Lucas Rod went up. Only went as far as Taylor Watson. Under pressure is Etherington. Fired out the hand pass. Out towards the wing. Trying to work the way through there. Hand pass over the top to Lamb. Lamb came back in board to Riddle. Riddle had to get away from Brutton. Going inside. 50 to Loins. Loins takes the mark and decides to go back for a set shot. 45 metres out directly in front. Oh, she nearly could have played on there and gone for home. Instead decided to hold things up. Downey back on the line for Diamond Creek in case it falls short. But what? this could be their second in a row. Watch for a late lead to the left pocket. And ignored. It's <laughs> <laughs> Goes long. It's offline. Minor score. So Diamond Creek moved to 139. The Sharks 1410. We hit the 14-minute mark of the second term here in the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. As the ball is given the hurry up, Mirai Clifford goes towards the outer side. High kick to a pack. Comes off hands. It was Harrison Downey that went up for it. Davey tried to burst her way through the contest. Did she try and take everyone on? No, according to the umpire, will ball it up. Just outside attacking 50, out of side for Diamond Creek, who have had the momentum in the last five minutes. One point ball game here. It's a ripper, and we've got the close one. As it's thrown up in the air. One out by Ernst. Brutton nearly came away with it. She did in the air, but it was hand pass from Colwell. Had to try and give it off. Bree Davey trying to work her way through traffic as well. Close towards the boundary line. Millie Barton's there as well. Uh, the umpire's blown the whistle and called for a throw-in. Right in front of Scott Gowans and the Crickers coaching bench. And we'll have it thrown back into play between centre wing and half forward flank for Diamond Creek. Back into play. Ernst at the back. Williams through her hands. Slices lurking around. Going into lay a tackle is Lamb. Kiochi hands and knees. Wrapped up by Tilly Lucas Rod. Colwell fights in there, and umpire's going to have no choice but to blow the whistle and call for another ball up. One four ten, the Sharks. One three nine, the Creekers. So ball up between centre wing and half forward for Diamond Creek. Bit of pushing and shoving going on between Davy and Malloy. Ignored by the umpire. Ball goes towards the half forward flank. Loins under pressure from Clifford, and in the end she dumped Harris into the turf as well. The umpire says, "Give it to me, I'll ball it up." A bit of concern for Harris as she's helped back to her feet. She's okay. Ball up, half forward flank out of sight for Diamond Creek. Davey lost possession of the footy. Close to the boundary line, Tilly Lucas Rod applies the tackle. The umpire says, Give it to me again, I'll ball it up. 16 gone, second term. 1410 St Kilda. 139 Diamond Creek. The umpire's picked out a free kick and it will go the way of the Sharks through Colwell. Colwell gives off the hand pass to Brutton, who now goes long and close to the scoreboard. Good mark taken there. And uh, coming out to meet that and spinning it around there. I think it was Colwell who got it. And then get up the line looking for Davey. Missed out on her. Got you under pressure. Had to get a little hand pass out. Trying to go through his lambs. Williams tried to lay the tackle. Picked off there by Lamb. Gave it across to Diana Haynes. Haynes coming back in. board with a kicker towards the middle of the ground. Meg Downey charges her way through after picking it up off the carpet. Goes towards the centre half forward position. Ball came off hands. Coming out to meet it is Harris. Ball got knocked away from her. Knees is lurking around. Trying to pick pocket the football. 
wanting to get involved as well was Renee Hicks. Did so, get a hurried little kick away. Now a smothered opportunity here as Gay goes in. Gay 50 metres out from going. The pressure from Grant got it across to Neves. Neves comes back again looking for Gay. Was at her feet. She couldn't pick up the football. Trying to spin out of trouble. Zellington ball hit the ground. Audley goes in and picks it up. Audley tries to look for a clearing kick towards the half-back flank, but it's Tilly Lucas Rod who gets it off the half-volley. She kicks around the corner. Was looking for McWilliams who went it at half-hearted. Dropped what she should have taken. Clearing kick from the quickest towards the half-back flank. Umpire blows the whistle for one in the back and I think it might be going the way of Ken. So Kennedy centres the footy for Diamond Creek, missed its target, and it's another opportunity here for the Sharks across half forward. Schleicher got it across by hands and knees, sent the handball backwards, Kennedy trying to follow it up for Diamond Creek, lost possession of the footy, Neves goes past her, now Downey coming through for Diamond Creek, Kiochi there as well, got slung into the turf by Pedersen. The umpire says we're going nowhere, ball it up. Corner of the centre square, broadcast side, favouring the Sharks. They lead by a point as we hit the 18-minute mark of the second term. Back underway quickly. Tackle applied. Kiochi over the top. Diamond Creek trying to extract the pill. Now a clearing kick from Riddle into a panic. Boundary line close. Lewin's chasing it. Does she keep it in? She can't. And it's over the boundary line and out of play. We'll throw it in half forward flank now for Diamond Creek. Broadcast side. One point the difference, Pete. Here on girlsplayfooty.com's match of the day on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. The ball is thrown back in the play. Colwell had the front position against Urch. Punched it close towards the boundary line. Barton sees it over. And we'll have a throw in. And as the clock ticks down with just over a minute to go, can someone pinch one just before the half-time siren? As Malloy and Davey have a little bit of push and shove against each other. Current star versus an up-and-coming star. As the ball is thrown back into play, Ernst wins the tap down. Riddle maybe help without it. Button chases after her, close towards the boundary line. Riddle just keeps it in, goes with a little hand pass backwards. Link for Williams and dribbled the ball along the ground. I leave for Madison Gay to take it. It feeds out the hand pass to Pre-Davies. Sold the candy. Got it over the top, looking for Garner to run onto it. Garner had it momentarily. Harris was there for support. Late on a tackle. In comes the player in Kirby Hicks. And the umpire blows the whistle and calls for a ball up. Smack bang, center wing. Umpire puts it back into the air. Colwell tapped it down to Gay, but was being held as she did, did so over the shoulder. So she'll get a free kick from the contest. And she's going to go wide to Gay. Tacking side of the broadcast wing for the Sharks. Wheels around on the right boot. High ball inside 50. Harris came from the side. Couldn't bring it in. Walsh roving. Flex the handball back to Neves, who fumbled. As supporting Gardner, she's tackled. Ball on the deck, picked up here by Riddle. High ball towards the broadcast wing. Clifford getting back, slapped it into the hands of Gay, who lost her footing. Kiochi picks the footy up, handballed in hope into space as the siren sounds for half-time here at Plenty War Memorial Park. Take a breath, because this has been a ripping game of football. one the St Kilda Sharks. They still lead 1-3-9 Diamond Creek, who for about 10 minutes controlled play in that term, probably could have got another goal. I, I wonder what's left in the tank for both of these sides because they've been going at it hammer and tongs. Would I say the bodies have been thrown on the line? Not quite finals 
standard of crash, boom, bang, everyone's desperate and throwing themselves on the footy, but it's just been breakneck speed, end-to-end, end-to-end, everyone chasing after football, plenty of tags, plenty of pressure, one-on-one contest. It's just a case of, because of that great pressure, no-one's been able to get clean disposal away. And it hasn't been sloppy kicking, it hasn't been lazy, it's just been the defensive pressure, it's just been so good. From both sides as well. I think yeah. there was a, the only time the momentum has fully been controlled was that around the 10-minute mark of that term where Diamond Creek were able to get their first score and then first goal on the board. That was when they congested their forward 50. Everyone was in this forward half of the ground. Hetherington was the only player back. That's the way they set it up. So if the clearing kick came, she'd swallow it and send it straight back down. That was the only time Diamond Creek were able to control momentum. Apart from that, both sides' pressure has been extraordinary. And as you say, it's been finals-like in terms of body-on-body. That hasn't quite been there, but it hasn't needed to be. Because the the the, uh, the presence and, and pressure of players around the footy has been enough to to get people a little bit more second guessing themselves when they go to execute uh, a disposal. But it's been a fantastic game of footy, even though the the scoreboard yes it's close, it's a low scoring affair. But, jeez, it's a cracking game of footy. Indeed. We might take this opportunity just to get some around-the-ground scores for round 10 in the Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Competition. We can tell you at Frankenholm's Oval, Cranbourne, no score. Box Hill, 3-2-20. Box Hill lead Cranbourne by 20 points. And it's four goals the difference at Mount Waverley Reserve. Melbourne Uni, 8-2-50, lead the Eastern Devils, 4-2-26. Yes, so uh, a couple of interesting results around the grounds. Uh, but... Uh, as you said a little earlier in our call, we've got the close one. We've the, got the good one. The goal kickers for that term, by the way, uh, Jessica Anderson got on the scoreboard. Deanna Berry, Dahlia Edwards got her second. Alicia Eva got her second. For um, the Eastern Devils, goals to Jamie Lambert, Catherine McFadden and Sophie Alexander. So they're spreading that one around. Uh, for the Cranbourne Box Hill Hawks game, we can tell you on the scoreboard uh, there, uh, Christy Stratton, who kicked their winning goal last week, or so I say last round, uh, Gabrielle Mahoney and Rosie Dillon all getting on the scoreboard there. So, um, yes, Box Hill looking for win number two of the season. Melbourne Uni in control against the Devils, but haven't quite fully shaken them yet. No, no, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how the second half goes in that match, whether... Melbourne Uni really put the foot down on the throttle and, and are able to kick away, or whether the Devils are able to hold them up. Here uh, at uh, Plenty War Memorial Park, the two goal kickers so far for Diamond Creek, Katie Loins running into the goal square with that goal, uh, and for the St Kilda Sharks, Madison Gay getting their only goal. Both coming in that term, 1-4-10 at the St Kilda Sharks to 1-3-9 Diamond Creek. Here on the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day on RSN Carnival. It's been a thriller. And we might take this opportunity to uh, take a break. When we return, we'll be having a look at what we thought for that first half, our thoughts on the second half coming up, and all the other issues running around in women's footy. What a day it is. If you're in the area, get down to Plenty War Memorial Park in Plenty. That's just north of Greensboro, where we're going to be in for a thrilling second half. At the moment, it is the way of the Sharks by just the one point. 
Saturday mornings, RSN is talking greyhounds and talking trots. Hi, it's Simone Fisher. And this is Jason Bonington. Simone and Jason lead the team, presenting Victoria's 30-minute greyhound report, then 30 minutes of Victorian trots news. Talking greyhounds from 6. Talking trots from 6.30. Loaded with trainer talk, previews and selections for the biggest Saturday and Sunday meetings. Get up to speed on hounds and harness. Saturday mornings on RSN 927. I usually wear white. And I prefer black. But lately, we've been getting into orange. When you're wearing SES orange, you know you're making a difference. And you're learning great new skills. You'd be surprised how good you'll feel in orange. The Victoria State Emergency Service is recruiting volunteers now for a broad range of roles. Visit ses.vic.gov.au or call 1300-842-737 and find out if orange is right for you. Authorised by Victoria State Emergency Service Melbourne. Spoken by Emery's and A. Small. Hi, I'm Lane Beachley. Cartridges for Planet Art just had its biggest year ever. On average, 13,500 printer cartridges were collected every working day. And they were all turned into useful things like pens, garden beds, even road surfaces. So thanks to everyone who recycled from home, work or school. To make the coming year even bigger, check out cartridges.planetart.org. One of them is where I shake my head to get my hair out of my eyes. There's another one where I sort of do like a little squeaking in my throat. Tourette's syndrome is a neurological disorder that affects thousands of Australians. It is characterised by involuntary movements and vocal noises called tics. We can't help it and we're just like you in every other way. So visit Tourette's.org.au Hey guys, I'm Jess. And I'm Lisa from the Veronica's for Rad. Recording artists, actors and athletes against drink driving. What does it mean to be a designated driver? It means you're the friend who's agreed not to drink, not the person who's had the least to drink. It's cool to do and it shows you care about your friends. If you screw up just once, then your life changes forever. Face it, their lives are in your hands. So why don't you and your friends take it in turns to be the designated driver when you go out? You'll make the road safer for all of us. Do you know someone with macular degeneration or glaucoma who's finding it hard to get around because of vision loss? They may have recently had a fall, or you've noticed they're no longer able to find their way around safely. If you do, you should contact Guide Dogs. They help people just like this to stay safe and active. And it's a free service. To find out how Guide Dogs assists people with impaired vision to stay safe and independent, call 1-800-804-805. That's 1-800-804-805. It's Adam Mears winning gold. Hey, I'm Adam Mears. Winning gold at the Olympics was an incredible feeling. And having my biggest rival, who I'd just beaten, ride up next to me and lift my hand in victory topped off an amazing moment. We'd had our fair share of clashes over the years, but in the end, we both respected each other, and that's what really counts in sport. Be gracious in victory and in defeat. To keep your sport inclusive, safe and fair, go to playbytherules.net.au. Dean Lester tells you why. The will to do it, the bravery to do it. Warren Huntley tells you how. He just looked to be squeezing through gaps that weren't even there at some stage. Australia's most respected form analyst and the consummate track man. Together, wrapping up Saturday's racing. Every Sunday morning on Correct Way. From 8am, it's the full racing review. Then, from 9.30, Brad Baker leads the Sunday racing preview. It is a beautiful morning and we'll be racing on a good track. Correct Way is your full Sunday briefing. Sunday mornings from 8 on 
on RSN 927. Thanks to Tab. We love a bet. This is Danny Green. On a night out just like this, take it from me. One punch can be deadly. Thrown in anger, without warning, without gloves, it can kill. One punch can end their life and ruin yours. It takes grunt to throw it. It takes guts to walk away. One punch can be deadly. Authorised and spoken by Danny Green Perth. Live across the web. This is the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day. And welcome back to the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day on RSN Carnival Digital Radio and the RSN Racing and Sport app. Peter Holden, Matthew Cox with you. Plenty War Memorial Park in plenty. Score at the moment, 1-4-10 the Sharks, 1-3-9 the Creek is not quarter time at half time. And it's not because of yesterday and the 50 kilometre per hour wins. Matthew Cox, perfect conditions for football, but it's perfect football that's being played. It, it is sensational footy, and as we spoke about just prior to the break, it's uh, it's because of the pressure from both sides. The defensive pressure has been extraordinary. I can't remember, to be perfectly honest, a, a game like this in terms of pressure being played where both sides have been going at it hammer and tong. I, I can't remember it for, for women's footy, where both sides are, are pretty much maxed out in terms of really restricting the opposition from getting any flow in their game. I, I tell you one side that might be very happy with what's going on here at the moment, it's Darabin. Darabin have in uh, next Saturday Diamond Creek at Preston City Oval. And if the, if the Creekers had come out today and done a number on the Sharks and won by, like they did against Melbourne Uni, won by six or seven goals and did it in cruise control. Darabin would have been very, very worried, going, oh, no. You know, are the Creek has really gone up a gear. Are they going, are they going to touch us up at, at Preston City Oval? If they came down here and saw this game, I think Darabin would go, yes, it's a very good standard of football, but I'm thinking, oh, good, you know, we can curtail and we can match it with Diamond Creek. They haven't jumped ahead of us. No panic stations. Everything's going okay. Diamond, Darabin is capable of just stay the course, stay the road. And, and especially, too, when you look at, so their, their game yesterday at Princess Park would have been difficult because of the, the conditions. They kicked two goals in the first quarter and didn't kick a goal after that. So it was a difficult game. And one, mind you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as Darabin always do. But it, it was a different game to the one being played today where it's a, you know, we haven't got any wind. It's a little bit warm too. The sun's out. So that's a factor. Something that we haven't seen for, for a couple of weeks. So... And the other thing, too, is that because it's being played at such a high pace, mm. fatigue is going to sit in, set in. Now, whether that's this afternoon's game or whether it catches up with both sides next week is is going to be an interesting question because, remember, next week's game's on a much bigger field than what we've got here today. The interesting thing for Darabin is they would have played in windy conditions, but it would not have been breakneck speed. No. It would have been a case of a lot of stoppages, which is frustrating, but you're not using up a lot of energy. Diamond Creek, if, if, if they keeps up in the second half like this first half, they're going to be almost, despite the result, running themselves into the ground, and you've got one day less to get up and get fresh for the battle. And guess who uh, just walked into the club rooms uh, just behind your shoulder a moment ago? The one and only Darcy Vessio. He would have been watching with uh, great interest, and we'd be reporting back on Monday to AH Cup Reserve to go... I think they've just run themselves into the ground. If we jump them in the first quarter next week, we got this. We're on. 
Oh boy, just it just adds that another little twist in the VFLW season, which we're absolutely loving here at the moment. Great crowd in attendance, by the way. As we said, it was for the uh, Diamond Creek sides, uh, their last for the home and away season, but they will be playing finals. Great to see all the supporters around. We're we getting handshakes with. We're going to start signing autographs. We're going to have to start charging for this. We must be doing something wrong because normally we come out to a ground like this, we'll have beer cans or something thrown at us at some stage. What's going on here? The concern is he has got a beer can in his hand, so wait, wait for the final quarter. Yeah, yeah it's old one hand, so I cut the feminist up and clop me over there for the other can. That's, that's about what will happen. As we speak, coming back out onto the ground, led out by Denny Kula Reaper, St Kilda Sharks, who are currently up by one point, as you'll uh, hear on RSN Carnival Digital Radio. Around the grounds, as we were mentioning earlier, 20-point lead to Box Hill over Cranbourne, 24-point lead to Melbourne Uni over the Eastern Devils. One thing I did want to mention, it's a different role today that we're seeing from Chloe Malloy. She's playing on the ball, looking as though she's got a tagging role on Brianna Davey. And we've seen in a couple of stoppages, there's been a little bit of niggle, a bit of push and shove uh, between the two players. Very different role to what we're used to. We saw in the, the last game we broadcast here when they played Melbourne Uni, she played up forward and then played in defence. Just shows the versatile nature of this Diamond Creek side. They can be thrown anywhere on the field and play a role. And while she's not shutting Davy down, I don't think Davy's had the usual impact that we've come to see. A couple of players that I've noticed missing out, of course, the Diamond Creek side that still have to uh, come back in. Uh, when you look at the equation, they have got uh, Clara Fitzpatrick, who, again, the Irish woman who uh, has been playing a bit role in defence, and, of course, finishing sixth in the Melbourne Best and Ferris, the other Irish player in Laura Jaray. So they've still got some talent to come back into this side. They certainly do, which is the, the scary nature of it. They've been performing so high throughout this season, and I think my question, Mark, was could they sustain it? That, that's They got off just... To a, a blistering start to the year, and it was like, okay, that, yeah, that's great. Off, off a hard 2016, can they hold hold it for the long haul? Well, they've got the structure and the setup to be able to do that. They don't look like falling off. There's no difference between the side that we're seeing today and the side that we saw, what was it, about a month ago against Melbourne Uni, three or four weeks ago. There's no difference. And yet the, the scoreboard tells a completely different story to, to the game that we saw that day. But it they are a very high-performing side at the moment, Diamond Creek. Just as the sides are going through their warm-ups, we should remind everyone that the AFL International Cup starts next weekend in Melbourne. Uh, on the Saturday is the official launch day, uh, where they're having it at Victoria's Governor House. They'll be having it there, and then, of course, they will be on uh, the MCG as a parade of nations. Uh, yet to be confirmed if it's before the game or, or at half-time. But uh, they'll be going to the MCG while Essendon Carlton is on and doing that parade of nations. Hopefully half-time with a good crowds in there. That would be ideal. But uh, that happens on the Saturday. The tournament officially gets underway next Sunday at Royal Park. Two divisions of men's. Uh, division 1 has 10 teams. Eight teams in Division 2. And in the women's, which we'll be kept, keeping an eye on through the girlsplayfooty.com website, uh, eight-team division, uh, including uh, the reigning champions, Canada Northern Lights, the runners-up from three years ago, the Irish Banshees, including, featuring Laura Jurea in there, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, also, the USA Liberty, Fiji Venu, and some sides making their debut, including the European Crusaders, the GB Swans, the Papua New Guinea Flames, and Pakistan. 
Some interesting names there where you wouldn't thought uh, footy would be played in those countries, but it's fantastic to see that, A, not only have they come here to, to play footy, but B, that we've got men and women's sides competing, which is fantastic and adds an extra dimension as we head towards the AFLW Season 2. Could a few of those players that have come down under for this competition be featuring in the uh, next edition of the AFLW? And Sunday, August 13th, 12pm at this ground, Plenty War Memorial Park is a curtain race for the Diamond Creek Box Hill Hawks game, Canada versus the Great Britain Swans. To get us underway for the third term, here's Matthew Cox. Thank you very much, Peter Holden. One point lead in favour of the Sharks, third term back underway. All wrapped up from the contest there is Lamb and we'll get another ball up. Just moved to the wing position on the outer side of Plenty War Memorial Park. The umpire puts it back into the air. Downey got the tap down, doing the ruck work at the moment for Diamond Creek. Ball bobbles round. Gay tries to handball in a bit of space. Just being shuffled around. Schleicher got one high. Schleicher. Whatever that one is. <laughs> Schleicher. They go long for Harris. Knocked out of her hands by Kirby Hicks. Ball on the ground and in dispute. Trying to feed out the uh, hand pass there, Renee Hicks. Intercept though. Only as far as Neves. Neves have got spun around. Got the little hand pass out. Worked out sideways. Looking for kicked around the corner. Only as far as Tiana Ernst who marked in front of Taylor Harris. And the dock has the football. In defence. Decides to go for Hetherington. Takes the mark. Half-back flank, 50 out from defensive goal. Hetherington looks up the line. Short little kick, managing to find Lamb. Lamb storm the half-back flank. Broadcast side, gets on the left boot, squeezes it up the line. Mark taken by the first lady in Kennedy. Kennedy now has the football, gets on the right boot, goes up centre wing, eastern side of the ground. Floating through, though, and taking a mark is Jasmine Garner. So Garner has a defensive side of the broadcast wing. High ball towards the half-forward flank. Ernst underneath, but got pushed out of the contest and couldn't take it cleanly. Now Gardner wraps her opponent up. Ball spills free. Sharks with possession of the footy. Neves goes towards Walsh at half-forward. In a contest there with Renee Hicks. Ball comes out the back of the pack. It's shoveled away by Schleicher. Tilly Lucas-Rod moves it by hand. They go back inside attacking 50, but Hicks... Is the only one home for Diamond Creek. This is Kirby. Goes towards the outer side with the kick. High ball in the loins direction, but the Sharks take the mark through Meg Downey. Downey plays on, gets on the right boot. Gardner sets herself spell at the last second by Hetherington. In goes Kiyochi, caught by Gardner, puts her into the ground, and the umpire calls for a ball up. As we'll have a throw up, 45 metres out from the Sharks goal, attacking the club room end of the ground. They leap by one point, 1410 to 139. One out by Nick who went in the ruck. Hurry kick out of the pack. 1-2 bounces across the face of goal, out of bounds. Two metres around from the right-hand point post, just near our broadcast position. Two and a half minutes in to the third term here on the girlsplayfooty.com. Match of the day on RSN at Carnival Digital Radio. Ball back into play. Deep inside 50 for the Sharks. Tap into the hands of Riddle. Got the handball away in time. Bernardi sees the ball over the boundary line and out of play. We'll throw it in. Still inside attacking 50. About 45 out from goal for the Sharks. Broadcast side. No score added to the halftime score. one four ten the Sharks. one three nine Diamond Creek. The umpire puts it back into play. McWilliams doing the ruck work. Palmed it down to Neves. Got dispossessed. Brutton. And Riddle going after it. Ball comes out of the pack. 
But it's back over the boundary line and out of play, just outside attacking 50 broadcast side. Here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio, it's a Swiss Wellness VFL women's match of the day, round 10, and it's an absolute corker between the Creekers and the Sharks. Back into play, Colwell versus Downey. Downey from behind, secondary punch in there from Harrington. Put it back to Downey, who put with a short kick, was looking for the field. Couldn't find her teammate. Intercept, though. Davey charging through the middle. Got it to Brutton. Brutton at centre-half forward. It's a kick that came off hands. Got to get front position is Hicks. Ball is on the ground. Opportunity to be soccer through. It is. It's a goal for the Sharks and Georgia Harris. They mess it around it a bit. It was on the ground. Hicks committed for the football. They got away from her. And some soccer skills with a metre to spare from Georgia Harris extends the lead to seven points. Well... What a game of footy we've got here at Plenty War Memorial Park. 2-4-16 St Kilda, 1-3-9 Diamond Creek. Round 10 of the Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Competition between two top sides of the competition. Back underway, Tilly Lucas Rod following it up. Flicks the handball across to Bailey who tracks backwards with the handball. Garner's kick was partially smothered. Creekers have it momentarily. Malloy chasing after it. Did a little bit of soccer skills to get it to lines around the Audley. 50 out from goal. Pops it up. It's offline. Minus score. Creekers move to 1-4-10. They trail now by six points. The St Kilda Sharks 2-4-16. Five gone third term. Girlsplayfooty.com match of the day on RSN Carnival. And, oh dear, I think it's Pedicula Reed who stepped over the line when she was kicking it back in. So we'll have a ball up at the top of the goal square for the Creekers. Umpire right on the spot with that. Brittany Gretsch puts her hands up to say she'll go in the ruck up against Jenna Colwell. Ball is thrown up in the air. Gretsch swiped at it, missed it. Colwell went for it. Davy picks it up and goes for a run. Reed Davy kicks it towards the half-back flank position. I need to be taken by Kiyochi. He manages to keep the ball in play. Handball under pressure looking for Renee Hicks. Got one over the top. In comes Brutton who puts on the pressure and sees the ball go over the boundary line and out of bounds. 60 to 70 metres out from the Diamond Creek goal. They're going towards the valley end. Approaching the six-minute mark of the third term here in the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day on RSN Carnival. Umpire hurls it back into play. Tap goes away of Downey, straight into the hands of Tilly Lucas. Rod, whose kick is swallowed by Tanya Hetherington, centre wing out of side. Hetherington for Diamond Creek, boots it long. Back towards the top of the 50, Downey takes the mark. Looks for options, wants to centre the ball. That's what she does, high one, inside 50. Penny Kilda Reed was able to get a spoil. The Sharks work it by hand to Gay, who shrugs the tackle. The handball comes inboard. There's a couple of Creekers players down behind play. Audley with the intercept. Gives the handball off to Grant. Grant goes for home, but it's offline again. Stays in the field of play. Sharks with the numbers to keep it alive. Just get away in time with the kick towards Gardner at centre-half back. Gardner with the football now, decides to get on the boot and go up the line towards McWilliams. Bounced away from her, now manages to control it just after Hetherington came after her. Got the hand pass away. Hurry kick though, straight into the back there. Of, in fact, it's Falcon McWilliams. I think he got her in the face. As now the ball goes towards the middle of the ground with the turnover. It's with Grant. Emma Grant now kicks up the line looking for Brasali. Brasali 50 metres out from goal, has a flying shot and hits the base of that goal post. And it is a minor score. 
And it ticks things along here to 1-5-11. The Crickers 2-4-16. The Sharks. McWilliams still down behind play. Kick back into play. Hits up Bailey. Back pocket broadcast side for the Sharks. With a five-point lead. Long kick in the Garner direction. Got punched out of her hands by Ernst. Back on the deck. And the umpire should come in and call for it and does. McWilliams still down behind play. Slowly getting up. I think badly winded more than anything. Back underway. It's a hot potato. Eventually ends up in the hands of Lamb. Lamb centering ball, top of the goal square. Gretsch couldn't bring it in. There's still an opportunity here. Kennedy trying to shrug the tackle off and get the kick away. Now Gretsch with an opportunity to goal and gets it. Brittany Gretsch gets her first. And Diamond Creek... Have hit the front for the first time this afternoon. 2-5-17 plays 2-4-16. Eight and a half minutes gone. Third term. Girlsplayfooty.com match of the day on RSN Carnival. Essentially you could say all that goal came out of the accident where uh, the player of the Sharks tried to get a hurry kick away. Collected a teammate and McWeems in the way through. That's all the turnover. And the ball went down the other end to which finally Diamond Creek worked a goal. It's just It shows how close this game is. It was an accident that turned the momentum. Certainly did. Ball up in the air, back in the middle of the ground, and there goes Cornwell, who wins it down, tries to chase up the own footy. Audley went charging through as well, couldn't pick it up, ball squeezed out. Sharks hurry, kick is flying on the air. Brazali trying to park herself underneath it, and controls it, takes the mark, got away from Brown, played on, shrugged off another tackle, then went further up the line with a kick, had to be good, and Gretsch takes a beautiful mark. She's on, and Gretsch decides to swing around, 38 metres out from goal, has a shot, and hits the woodwork. Would have brought the house down if it squeezed in. It's now a two-point ball game. 2-6-18 seconds oh. the Sharks. 2-4-16. The kick, Sharks, by me. Kick back into play. Got turned over. Bernardi kicked it back inside. Attacking 50. Intercepted by Telly Lucas. Rod kicked it out of defensive 50. Harris trying to run onto it. Got claimed by Moorcroft. Umpire calls play on. Sharks still get a kick towards the half-forward flank on the outer side. Colwell just slaps it forward. Walsh got bumped off the footy, has to track backwards, got one high. The umpire calls play on. Walsh goes back in after it, tries to paddle it out. Sharks eventually get it to Harris, who just spirals one towards centre-half-forward. Rosali sitting underneath it, takes the mark at centre-half, back for Diamond Creek. A wobbly one towards Grant, fumbles. Ball on the deck, Haynes goes in hard after it. Brown at the bottom of the pack, was able to slap it out. Sharks, ball, bobbling around. Haynes slaps it forward, back into the hands of Grant. Kick around her body towards centre-half forward, hits up Loins. Loins kicks it around her body, inside attacking 50. Kennedy chasing after it, just escapes her, has to kick it along the carpet. Ball tracking towards the boundary line, does it stay in play? It does. Kennedy traps it in, Tilly Lucas-Rod sits on top of her, will get a ball up, just in from the boundary line, outer pocket. Diamond Creek. They lead by two points, ten and a half minutes into the third turn. 2 6 to 2 16 Cracking contest here on RSN Carnival as we wait for the ball to be thrown back in. Wait for the rucks to nominate. Bounder umpire taking a while. Bummy. Field umpire as the ball is thrown up. Snapped out of the pack. Button had it momentarily. In goes Chapman. Can't extract it. All he watches on, so does Davey. And we'll call for another ball up. Halfway through this third term, great footy here between first and third on the VFL women's ladder. And the umpires just stop things for a second while Malloy just gets up 
Feeling a little west for wear. She settles the umpire. She's right. We'll get going again. Clears the way. Throws the ball up in the air. One out by Colwell. To the Lucas Wright. Gave it across to Davey. Very close towards the boundary line. Got away from Kiyochi. Walsh is there. Hetherington. Ball stayed in. Kiyochi had it. Then had to try and shrug off the tackle. Managed to get on the right. Went up towards the half fourth play position. Came off hands. Emma Grant tried to get into the contest. Oh, ducking and weaving and running the way through there as more Crofty delivers in towards the top of the goal square. Numbers back there. All they're over around the football. But Watson managed to clean up. And she went with the long kick. Looking high through the air. Hurry kick back in by the Creekers towards the top of the goal square. Good mark taken. I think it's Taylor Watson back there again. He now goes for a run. Out of defence, kicks it straight up the line. Hetherington, though, gets a gift. Gives the handball off to Kiochi, who sends it back inside attacking 50, and Grant takes the mark. Just in from the boundary line. She chips it short, but it was the wrong option. Sharks take a mark in the defensive broadcast pocket. They trail by two points, 12 and a half minutes into the third term. The kick across the face of goal, no good. And the mark is taken out there. By Diamond Creek. And the kick is well offline. In fact, it's out on the full. I think it was... It was... Uh, Barden, Amelia Barden, the 100-game player. That might be one of the highlights. Here's the kick in from defence. And Barden takes a great mark. That will be. go on the highlights. <laughs> it looks further afield for the options. She is... 55 metres out from goal. Kicks it inside 50. A high pipe floater. Came off hands. Opportunity for a snap from Kennedy. It's away to the right. And Wilbechter is another minor score. Three-point lead for the Creekers. They're 2-7-19. 2-4-16. The St Kilda Sharks, 13 minutes gone in this quarter. As uh, one of the players, me Ray Clifford, has been told, you have to jump over the fence and get your own footy. <laughs> At least it hasn't gone down the valley. Otherwise, that would have been a long run to retrieve. So Mia Ray Clifford to bring the ball back into play for the Sharks. Just feel Diamond Creek at the moment have the edge. 13 and a half minutes in of the third term. Mia Ray Clifford's kick nearly went down the throat of Downey. Came off hands. Gay, her kick smothered. Ball bobbling around. Hetherington coming through. Feeds the ball by hand to Lamb. Lamb lets fly. Long ball back inside attacking 50. Sharks front spot. Couldn't bring it in. They paddle it around. And they have numbers to support here off half-back. High kick in the Gardner direction. Now, she was holding on to her opponent there, and the free kick will go the way of Haynes. Centre wing broadcast side. The kick in board is risky, but it might pay off. Kiochi runs onto it, shrugs two tackles, dances through the middle, feeds the handball across to Malloy, who tried to get it further afield to Riddle, intercepted by Garner. Garner goes to Tilly Lucas Rod, defensive side of the outer wing. She hits up Harris in a bit of space at half forward. Harris unloads for goal, but it's offline. Just sneaks through for a minor score. They move to 2-5-17, trailing by two points, the St Kilda Sharks. 2-7-19, Diamond Creek, 14 and a half gone, third term. 
Girlsplayfooty.com match of the day on RSN Carnival. Don't forget we're on air 1.30pm next Saturday. Preston City are able for Diamond Creek and Darabin as Hetherington kicks the ball back into play. Great mark taken by Downey in the pack. She's at the half-back flank on the western side of the ground. Kicked it towards the contest. Trying to get in there is Saxton. Couldn't pick up clean footy. Here comes Barton. It popped out to her. Barton went for a run. Then went for a long kick. Looking to go inside 50 with a kick. It's a bouncing football. Foot race is on here. Downey runs down to her opponent. Her opponent on the ground trying to put boots to ball. Grant trying to throw. Grant socketed it off the ground. What had happened, it was Audley that got ran down. She managed to get her leg free. Just kicked it like one metre in front of herself, which meant she didn't have possession. In came Emma Grant charging through off the ground. Two metres out. Goal. 3-7-25. Diamond Creek move to the Sharks. 2-5-17. One end of the ground. Harris misses. The other end, Diamond Creek capitalise. Approaching the 16-minute mark of the third term here in the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day on RSN Carnival. It's been a beauty. And we've still got a quarter and a half of footy to go. Ball back in the middle. Trying to get it out there was Audley. Gaze all wrapped up. Lamb applying the tackle. The umpire says it's going nowhere. I'll pull it up again. Still inside the centre circle here at Plenty War Memorial Park. Bathed in sunshine this afternoon. Ball back underway. Grant receives the footy. The quick kick away. No good. Brutton takes the mark. Defensive side of the outer wing. Goes out there in the direction of Watson. Who sees it over the boundary line and out of play. Under pressure from Hetherington. Underneath the scoreboard. That reads 3725 Diamond Creek, 2517 the St Kilda Sharks, 16 and a half minutes into the third term, Pete. Ball thrown back into play right in front of the scoreboard. Ernst fell to ground, so did Chapman as she tried to get her hands on the footy. Umpire said she was held without it. And Sarah Chapman has it for the Sharks. She's between centre wing and half forward flank. Western side of the ground. Garner makes a lead at centre half forward. Ignores her. Goes in the Harris direction. Hicks it behind. Harris blows through the air. Takes a classy mark. The new Carlton recruit, Taylor Harris. She has the football. 50 metres out from goal. She's going back and she's thinking about having a shot. She looks confident. Taylor Harris kicking towards the club room end. It'll be a huge goal if she can kick it and would bring it back to two points of difference. Harris unloads oh. the wood post. Woodwork, goal post, one behind. 2-6-18, the Sharks. 3-7-25, Diamond Creek. Hetherington to Grant, back pocket out of sight for Diamond Creek. 17 and a half minutes into the third term. Long ball towards the flank. Comes off hands. Lawrence tackled immediately. Mia Ray Clifford got bumped off the footy. Ball over the boundary line and out of play. We'll throw it in. Attacking side of the outer wing favouring the Sharks. Just got a feeling the game's starting to open up a bit more now. Ball back into play. Ernst got a fingertip to it. Ball on the deck. Loins. Again, trying to get it out. The umpire says it's going nowhere. And we'll get another ball up. Still attacking side of the outer wing, favouring the Sharks. You feel they need a goal going into three-quarter time just to keep a bit of pep into their step. Watson takes the mark. Half, back, half forward flank on the outer side. Long ball inside, attacking 50. Comes off hands. Riddle roves the footy. Kicks it outside, defensive 50. Searching for Malloy. 
comes off her hands. Chapman, Chapman with the footies. Flicks it backwards. Risky to Neves. Got dispossessed from the Kiochi tackle on the deck. Davey chasing after it. Lamb got a foot to it and kicks it towards the half-forward flank on the outer side. Sharks with the numbers. Colwell paddling it in front of herself. Got it to her teammate in Clifford, whose kick was well wide. And he's marked on the interchange bench of Diamond Creek. They'll get a free kick for Al on the full. Grant to take it. Emma Grant with a minute remaining in this third term and her side up by seven points. Goes straight up the line playing percentage football. But it was read best by Chapman. Chapman wants to come to the centre corridor. At the feet there of Harris who couldn't pick it up cleanly. Going with her though was Lisa Williams. She got dispossessed. Ball is still in dispute. Going through there is County. Put a boot in there. Coming through is Kirby Hicks. Got some time. Got some spikes. Picks up the football. Hicks is told to go wide with her kick. That's what she does. Putting it on the direction of Christina Bernardi. Bernardi has the football. She's forward of centre wing. Looking ahead for some options. Under 30 seconds remaining in the quarter. Needs a mark to be taken. Bunch of behind. Ball hit the ground. Kennedy went afterwards, still in the fourth pocket. Clash there with Gay. T. Lucas Watford out the hand pass. Kick over the head there of Kula Reed, who now receives it off the bounce. Kula Reed hugging close towards the boundary line, trying to find the player in Ghana, and it goes over and out. Seconds counting down to three-quarter time here at Plenty War Memorial Park. The Creekers will have a seven-point lead at the break. There's the Hooter. And the score reached 3-7-25, Diamond Creek, 2-6-18, St Kilda Sharks. This game is far from over. Yeah, far from it, although you just get the sense that Diamond Creek worked their way to the top in the back half of that term when it just started to open up a little bit. They kicked 2-4-16 in that term to one goal to a couple of opportunities for Harris. One was well offline, the other hit the post. But uh, you just feel Diamond Creek... They got in front, and I think they're going to stay in front now. They just seem to be a little more composed around the footy where the Sharks look to be tiring just a little bit. Goal kickers at three-quarter time. Georgia Harris with one. Madison Gay with one for the St Kilda Sharks. For Diamond Creek, one goal apiece to Brittany Gretsch, Emma Grant and Katie Loins. The interesting thing, of course, with Diamond Creek, as we keep mentioning, is that uh, they are coming home with just a slight breeze, but most importantly to the club room end. So if the crowd get up and about at this end of the ground, it's just that little edge that might be worth the goal to get them over the line. But to be fair, in the last few minutes, you just felt the Sharks had one or two opportunities that they didn't make the most of. And if they had, if one had gone their way, then all of a sudden momentum's with them. And I think the first five minutes of this quarter are going to be very, very important. Going to be crucial to the outcome of the game. Going to be a great final term. Jeez, uh, it's been a good game. I, I need a drink. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> get the bar going. You're about to earn some coin, believe me. Let's find out what's uh, happening around the grounds in the other games before we take our break. Uh, Three-quarter time at uh, Box Hill and Cranburn. Cranburn still have not scored Box Hill 4-2-26. That's a turn-up. Uh, Melbourne Uni racing away from the Eastern Devils, 12-2-74 to the Eastern Devils, 5-2-32 in that game. So a return to form for the Muggers, you'd suggest looking at the scoreboard. Of course, we can't tell whether the, the pressure's there, but that's why we're going to go back and have a look at the video replay. And here it is just a seven-point ball game. Diamond Creek 3-7-25, St Kilda Sharks 2-6-18. We'll be back with a final quarter right after this. You're listening to Carnival on digital radio, live streaming around the world and on the RSN smartphone app. See the listening guide at rsn.net.au. 
The symptoms of ovarian cancer sound like part of every woman's life. Abdominal bloating, abdominal or back pain, appetite loss, changes in toilet habits, unexplained weight gain or loss, indigestion or heartburn, and fatigue. But if these symptoms are unusual for you and they persist, please see your doctor. For more information, visit the Ovarian Cancer Program website at nbocc.org.au. It's access all areas to the game of golf. No, I did win, actually. Inside the ropes, talks with the Aussie golfing guns at home and overseas. I just aimed for the back of the green and it actually bummed back and saw about exploring. It's all thanks to Golf Australia. That's an extraordinary achievement. Inside the ropes, every Sunday morning from 6 to 7. Obviously, the weekend was a great result. On RSN 927. Some bandit on a handicap of 20 come in. Or catch it streaming live and podcast everywhere at RSN. Children drown in portable pools every year in Australia. Others are hospitalised because of non-fatal drowning incidents. Young children can easily topple in and drowning is silent and happens quickly. Royal Life Saving and Consumer Affairs Agencies across Australia are reminding people to take important safety steps like active supervision of kids in and around portable pools. The question is, can you make it safe? For more information and simple safety tips, visit royallifesaving.com.au you forward slash make it safe. No matter what your age, most of us played sport when we were young. And there was always one thing that made you want to disappear into a corner or even give up your chosen sport. And that was when somebody on the sideline hurled abuse at either you or a teammate. These are the moments that make sport painful for so many kids. And the time has come to stop it. I'm Elise Perry from the Southern Stars and my message is simple. Let kids be kids. Let them enjoy their sport without interference. Google Play by the rules to find out more. Where the Wiggles? Did you know that Vinnie's raises funds for their good works by selling really good stuff in their Vinnie's shops? But the shops don't run themselves. That's right, they need volunteers to help. Can you spare a few hours each week? All you need is enthusiasm and some spare time. And it's really good fun. Please, will you become a Vinnie's volunteer? Just visit vinnies.org.au or pop into your local Vinnie's shop for more details. Yeah, and while you're there, have a look round. You'll, You'll love what you find. Do you know someone with macular degeneration or glaucoma who's finding it hard to get around because of vision loss? They may have recently had a fall or you've noticed they're no longer able to find their way around safely. If you do, you should contact Guide Dogs. They help people just like this to stay safe and active. And it's a free service. To find out how Guide Dogs assists people with impaired vision to stay safe and independent, call 1-800-804-805. That's 1-800-804-805. Live across the web, this is the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day. Indeed, you're listening to the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day on RSN Carnival Digital Radio and by the RSN Racing and Sport app. Matthew Cox, Peter Holden with you at Plenty War Memorial Park in Plenty. We are watching an absolute cracking contest. Three-quarter time, 3.725 Diamond Creek, 2.618 the St Kilda Sharks. Matthew Cox, 20 minutes of football remaining. If Diamond Creek win, you might as well say, not only is that a final spot locked away, but pretty much almost a double chance in the bank. For the uh, St Kilda Sharks, if they manage to get over the line, they put them in the hunt for a double chance. If they lose, then all of a sudden they're amongst the pack fighting to try and hang into the top four. Yeah, crucial game, round 10, and the four games left after this one. Uh, It's not over yet, is it? There's a glimmer of hope towards the end of that term. 
that was basically controlled by Diamond Creek, but we know the Sharks are fast finishers, and they got over the line against the Creekers at the Peanut Farm earlier this year. So, final term is underway here at Plenty War Memorial Park, and we're going to get a secondary ball up. 3-7-25 plays 2-6-18 as there's a high free kick going the way of Diamond Creek in the middle. Downey to take it. She's going to go long towards the half forward flank. Bernardi flies, comes off hands. Penny Kilder Reed dished the handball off to Meg Downey. Got a quick kick away. Full defensive side of the outer wing. Davey paddling it in front of herself. Shrugs the tackle but couldn't keep it in play. Ball over the boundary line and we'll get a throw in right next to the scoreboard that reads 3725. The St. Uh, Diamond Creek, the St. Kilda Sharks, 2618. As we approach the minute mark of the final term. Ball back into play. Downey wins the contest. Down the front there, but it got ran down if you don't mind. And the umpire says that is holding for football. And it is the free kick going the way of the St. Kilda Sharks into Mia Ray Clifford. So Clifford with the football in front of the scoreboard, western side of the ground, goes long and up the line with the kick, flying from behind there was Gay, put the fist in there, went over the boundary line and out of bounds before Hetherington could get it, so that's about 60, 70 metres gain there from the Sharks, and they'll now have it at the half-back flank, probably half-forward flank for them, uh, about 70 metres out from goal, underneath the light tower here at Plenty War Memorial Park, as it's back into play, and from behind is Downey, brought it to ground, Walsh is lurking nearby, in goes Davey, can't extract the football, Amelia Barton is there as well, Davey now gets a tackle by Audley, in goes Tilly Lucas, Rod can't extract it, in goes Harris as well, she lays a tackle, Giotti watches on, and the umpire calls for the ball back, we'll have another ball up between centre wing and half forward flank for the Sharks. Need a goal out of this opportunity here, St Kilda. Tap goes the way of Diamond Creek, though. Davey was able to bustle her way through the contest. The handball was a little hot there for Brutton. Although she'll end up with the footy thanks to Colwell. High ball inside attacking 50. Harris sitting underneath it. Got knocked out of her hands by Hicks. And over the boundary line and out of play. Just inside attacking 50. Outer side for the Sharks. They trail 2-6-18 to 3-7-25 here on the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day on RSN Carnival. The umpire hurls it back into play. Downey slaps it down. Walsh burrows in after it. Got slung around. They appeal for holding the footy and they're going to get it. Diamond Creek on the halfback line. Outer side. Players breaking fast towards the wing on the western side of the ground. Now, Hetherington's calling for it. It's in our back. Look out. Takes the mark and gets collected by Walsh Lake. Umpire won't pay the 50. Says uh, take the mark there. But it was Gardner who got it. He came in and uh, collected Hetherington there. Hetherington now has the ball at centre-half back. Hetherington now goes towards the wing. Mark taken by Malloy. Malloy on the right going long up the line. Good spoil. I think it was by Chapman, and they got the fist and saw the ball go over the boundary line and out of bounds. One player as well, I'm not playing today from Diamond Creek, I should mention, uh, is possible draft contendee, is Sophie Apatangello. Yes. It's another good player to come back into their side. And a good surname to say too. Glad that one hasn't stuffed me up this afternoon. Ball back into play. Colwell won it down. Downey, though, got a topo kick away. Sharks with the numbers around the footy. The handball comes there to Schleicher. 
Grant intercepted. Audley, Schleicher coming through again. Got the handball across to Neves. Neves up the corridor for the Sharks. 2-1-1 in favour of Diamond Creek. Moorcroft dropped one she should have taken. Allowed an opportunity for Garner to put it into the forward pocket. Where the mark is taken by the Sharks. And it's Gay that has it on a tight on a, or just a little worse than a 45 degree angle, about 20 metres out from goal. It was our player of the day against uh, Melbourne Uni last week and uh, already has one on the board looking for a second. Pivotal kick coming up for the St Kilda Sharks. Madison Gay, her first year of senior footy, comes in and puts it through. They get one they needed and they trail by a point. 3-6-24, the St Kilda Sharks. 3-7-25, Diamond Creek. Four and a half into the final term here on the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day on RSN Carnival. Peter Holden, Matthew Cox with you. Plenty War Memorial Park. 15 minutes remaining in this contest and we've got a one-point ball game. An absolute thriller. And these two sides are delivering a contest worthy of first versus third. And Madison Gay becomes our first multiple goal kicker this afternoon. Up by with the ball back in the middle of the ground. Throws it up in the air. Away we go again. One out there by Downey. Ball hit the ground. Coming to the quickest of the hurry kick. Here comes Bernardi versus Kula Reed. Ball hit the ground though. In dispute. One to get in there was Pedersen to try and lay a tackle. Umpire says holding the football against the Creekers. Ross gets up not happy, gives a little bit of a friendly advice back to the umpire. And uh, a free kick going there to Schleicher. Schleicher with the football. Gets on the right boot. Goes to the wing on the western side of the ground. Spoil from behind. Ball hit the deck. Came out to Chapman. Chapman got it across the wall. Awkward kick. Hetherington had it momentarily. Got harassed off the football. In goes Walsh again. Tackle laid on Audley by Tilly Lucas. Right umpire comes in. Calls for a ball up in front of the scoreboard. That's between center wing and half forward flank for the Creekers. They only lead by a point. Back underway, Downey had the double fist, loins received, handball cut off by Walsh, quick hands to Bailey across half back, Bailey says I'm going long with the kick, into a paddock, the race is on, Riddle will get there first for Diamond Creek but she left the footy behind. Ball in dispute. Haynes ends up with the footy and the advantage for Diamond Creek. Border Walters half forward. Bernardi takes it on the half volley. Chips it inside, attacking 50 for Malloy. Malloy chips it around her body, top of the goal square. Grant can't take the mark. Under pressure from Davey. Both of them burrow in after it. We're about two metres out from goal for Diamond Creek, and we're going to get a ball up. Tense football here at the moment. Let's get Christy Williams on the phone, our odds expert. What can we bank on for a draw? <laughs> like to see oh, the odds. don't mention that. Don't like, I'd like to see the odds of that. Is one out by Colwell. In goes Malloy. Tries to harass her opponent. And Downey's all wrapped up. No prior opportunity. According to the umpire, will call for a ball up. Right in front of our broadcast position. Diamond Creek leading by a point. Six and a half minutes gone in this final term. Colwell wins the tap. Trying to get in there first is Pedersen. Harassed off of it by Lamb. And once again will go over the boundary line and out of bounds. This game is not worthy, worthy of a draw result, Pete. It is not worthy. Got to happen. It's got to happen. <laughs> we want a victor. A fight to the end. Sharks punch it down through Colwell on the deck. Williams coming through. Gets bumped off the footy. Tilly Lucas Rod fired the handball out. Walsh on the receiving end. Got it across to Bailey. Wobbly kick towards half forward is taken by Kirby Hicks. Centre half back for Diamond Creek. She goes across the ground to Hetherington. Two of the veterans of the Diamond Creek side linking up across half back. 
Hetherington goes to Haynes. He didn't take the mark and was under pressure and turned the ball over. Garner puts it inside, attacking 50. The race is on. Hetherington and Harris. Will the boundary line beat them? No, Hetherington kept it in play but got caught by Harris. Umpire calls play on. Ball in dispute. In the forward pocket out of side, McWilliams gets shoveled into the turf. The umpire says it went over the boundary line and out of play. We'll throw it in deep inside attacking 50 for the Sharks. They trail by a point eight minutes into the final term. Here on the GirlsBayFooty.com match of the day is the ball is thrown back into play. One out by Downey, double fister, stolen with a snap across the face of the Sharks and Hetherington reads it best. Got underneath the football and took a mark in the goal square. Then goes for the short kick, finding Williams. Lisa Williams goes for a run for the Creekers. Off half back, eastern side of the ground. Over the head of Emma Grant, chasing out the football. Lines is there as well. Grant happy to let it go out. And we'll have a throw in centre wing. And it's the Creekers still leading by a point. Eight and a half minutes gone in the final term. Here in the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day on RSN Carnival. Ball back into place, centre wing broadcast side. Colwell front spot, knocked it down. Brutton got stripped of the ball. Umpire calls play on. Colwell received it, got dispossessed. And the Creekers get a hurried kick through loins in towards the middle of the ground. Pressure on, Riddle's wrapped up. The umpire says, give it to me, I'll ball it up. Tacking side of the centre square, favouring Diamond Creek. They lead by a point. Back underway, Downey the tap, Neves flick the ball by hand, long ball by Watson to the top of the 50, they get a mark in Garner. Garner spins around, puts it towards Gay, who takes the mark. 45 degree angle, looking for number three. Similar to her previous shot, but about 10 metres further out. And when we thought... Her goal before was a big kick. This is an even bigger one. And someone behind the goals as well telling her where to shoot. They've got the <laughs> arms up as well. <laughs> the target. Madison Gay looking for goal number three. The kick is on its way. The goal umpire moves to the right but returns to the middle. Sharks back in front. 4-6-30 plays 3-7-25. Halfway through the final term here in the girlsplayfooty.com match of the day on RSN Carnival. What a contest. The Sharks find a way, but we've still got plenty of time remaining. Ten minutes left. Can the Creekers find something on their home deck? They trail by five points. 4-6-30 the Sharks. 3-7-25 the Creekers. Great contest worthy of finals football, which is still about uh, five weeks away. Going in there is Colwell. Can't take it out. Brutton does. Gets a hurry kick while under pressure from Williams. Turnover. Riddle with the football. Looking for Emma Grant. Grant takes the mark as she got away from Clark. Grant finds some space. Plays on. Goes in the Kennedy direction. Kennedy takes the mark. 55 metres out from home. Ask where the player is on the mark. The umpire says it's okay. Looking for a lead. Malloy's one direction. So is Bernardi. Decides to dance around the player on the mark. Pops it up high in the air. Lloyd's trying to take it one-handed. Killer Reed is back there. Goes the head past it. Downey. Downey smothered by Lloyd. In goes Orbley. Orbley gets gripped by Titan. The umpire said too high. Sharks fans not happy. No, they are not. Shay Orbley. Loved by all here at Diamond Creek. She's a cult hero. She'll be lining up for goal from 35 metres out at a 45 degree angle. An opportunity to put her side up by a point with eight and a half minutes remaining. On the right boot, Audrey delivers! Have a look at them get around her too. 
Shay Ridley puts the Creekers up by a point. Eight minutes remaining in the ball game. What a contest. 4 7 31 Diamond Creek. 4 6 30 the Sharks. What a game of football. What a game of football. There's no other way of describing it. Diamond Creek, the top side of the competition. The Sharks, a challenger. This game has delivered to expectation. Back in the middle, Ernst tapped it down to Lamb. Gets the clearing kick for Diamond Creek. Ball at R forward. Malloy fumbled it, lost it. Has support though in lines who gathered. Wobbly kick around her body. Did it go the distance? No. McDowney got caught. Find the handball quickly to Bailey who gets wrapped up by four Creekers. And just as they were able to extract it there, Malloy, the umpire blew the whistle, says, give it to me, I'll ball it up. Just inside attacking 50. Out of side for Diamond Creek. Audley shovels the handball out. Tilly Lucas right intercepts. The kick around the body. Turned over. Kiochi took it. Didn't go the distance. It's knocked out of play by Tilly Lucas. Rod will throw it in. Half forward flank. Out of side for Diamond Creek. They lead by a point. 13 gone. Final term. What a fantastic contest. Don't forget we're on air next Saturday, 1.30 p.m. The Diamond Creek and Darabin at Preston City Oval as the ball is back into play. Colwell brought it down. Tilly Lucas right, trying to get a hand pass away. There was Brianna Davies at her feet and she ended up dribbling it over the boundary line and out of bounds. In front of Scott Gowans and the Creekers bench. Unbelievable game of football. Closest here of round 10 in the Swiss Bonus VFL Women's Competition. At other games, comfortable leads to Melbourne Uni over the Eastern Devils and Box Hill over Cranburn. Hurry kick out of the pack. Couple of dribbling bounces away from Harris. And then it will go over the boundary line and out of bounds in front of the scoreboard. 4-7-31 the Crickers, 4-6-30 the Sharks. We are 13 and a half minutes into the final term. The umpire puts it back into play. Colwell and Ernst. Colwell tapped it straight in the hands of Audley. A spiralling kick out of the contest. Bailey ended up with a footy. Her kick smothered. Ernst dives in after it. Traps the ball in. The umpire's going to call for it. And we'll get a ball up. Tacking side of the centre circle. Favouring Diamond Creek. They lead by a point. 14 gone in the final term. Tilly Lucas Rod runs onto it. Bailey shrugs the tackle. Flicks the handball back to Schleicher. She goes long with the kick into a paddock. Grant chasing the footy. Does it sit kindly for it? Does. Centre wing broadcast side. The kick around the body is good. Into the hands of Harrington. Harrington a wobbly kick in the Gretsch direction through her hands. Pedersen couldn't get the handball away. And the ball's over the boundary line and out of play. Just inside attacking 50 underneath our broadcast position for Diamond Creek. There, 4-7-31. St Kilda, 4-6-30. Approaching the 15-minute mark of the final turn. Right in front of our broadcast position. The ball will come back into play. Downey and Colwell go at it. Downey put it to ground. In was Orthy as well. Popped out to launch. Had it momentarily. Tackle laid on by Bree. David puts Amelia Barton into the ground. Umpire said no opportunity and will call for a ball up. We have got five minutes remaining in this match. Creekers lead by one point. 4-7-31 to the Sharks. 4-6-30. Up by clearing the way. Letting know where the mark is as it's thrown up in the air. Downey wins it. Button to it first. Harassed there by Lamb. Ball moved on. Looking for Gay. Grant overran the football. Grant close towards the boundary line. Kept it in. Went further up the line. Player waiting at the back is under pressure though from Jasmine Garner. Tries to hold it up. Turn it back to the Creekers. Only as 
far as knees. Had it, then lost control of it. More from there, they don't argue. Ran on with the football. Got on the left boot, long and high. Malloy in the middle of the pack. In goes Downey as well. Bernardi after the football. Bernardi got around. Lucas Rod. Got the head past the Williams. Goal! The crowd going bonkers here at 21 Memorial Park. Williams put it through and it's out to seven points. Four minutes remaining in the ball game. Jeez, I thought they might have mucked that up then. But a cool, calm and collected Lisa Williams. Is that the nail in the coffin? 5 seven, thirty-seven plays 4 six, thirty. The umpire to get us back underway in the middle. Some of their stars flooding back as well. So, is there one last roll of the dice for the Sharks? Tilly Lucas Rod swallowed it from the throwing up, and the umpire says we'll get a secondary one as she was claimed immediately. 16 and a half gone, final term. Ernst and Colwell nominate for the contest. Colwell brought it to ground. Clifford applies the tackle on Audley, who keeps fighting. Now it's extracted by Colwell. Gave the handball off to Brutton. Her kick's going to be intercepted by Grant. Called the play on. Kick towards the centre wing on the outer side. Into a bit of space. Bailey got knocked off the footy by Loins, who keeps fighting and takes the ball over the boundary line and out of play. Good luck today as well, Matthew Cox. You've got our choice for the player of the day. He was the $50 Rebel Sport voucher. I hand pass that beautifully. As we wait for the ball to be thrown back into play. Seven-point lead to the Creekers. Time running out here for the Sharks. Taken out there by Harrington. It gets ran into the ground. The umpire says, holding the football. So this is the chance the Sharks must make something of this. As Gay gets going with a long bomb going forward. Harris went up at the contest. Way up the back to Garner. Garner ran on. Trying to dribble it forward. It's going through for points. Six points the difference. What did I say earlier? Don't mention it again. Don't jinx it. Uh, it's 4 seven thirty one. St Kilda Sharks. They trail by a goal. Diamond Creek 5 seven thirty seven. Two minutes left. Here in the girls playfooty.com match of the day on RSN Carnival. The kick back in the play is marked by Riddle. Back pocket broadcast side. She wants to move it quickly. There's a whistle. Down to a free kick by the look of it. So it'll go the way of... Diamond Creek. Minute and a half to go. And I'll just take time off the clock. Ernst has it on half back. The kick. Oh, it's turned over. Clifford takes the mark. Wants to play on. The umpire says she didn't. Calls for players to come at her. Clifford, not sure where to go. Goes in the McWilliams direction and she takes the mark. Just inside attacking 50, broadcast side for the St Kilda Sharks. She's going to chip it short. Oh, Harris. And the mark is taken by Harris, a little better than a 45-degree angle. 30 metres out, big kick from Taylor Harris. Her second game for St Kilda. Minute left. Six points the margin prior to the kick. Harris comes in, kicks the cover off the footy and pushes it wide. Minor score for the Sharks. 4-8-32 plays 5-7-37. Is it a smart play by Harris to get the point? 
Are they looking for the seven-point play? Got to bomb it long out of this. She kicks to herself. It is Kiyotchi who goes for a run. Kicks it wide towards the half-forward flank. Crutch versus Mia Raycliffe. It went out the back. Oh, Crutch dropped the football cold. It's up against the boundary line. Head pass back from Brown. Looking for Colwell. 30 seconds remaining. Ball pass towards the boundary line. Pedersen running after it as well. Crutch right around the football. It stacks on the mill. Umpire blows the whistle. will call for a ball up. 20 seconds left. They must get a clear position and a mark out of this for Sharks to be a chance to pinch it. Five-point lead to the Creekers. Up goes Ernst. Mia Raycliffe, and it's over the boundary line. That'll do it. Ten seconds left on the clock. Diamond Creek are victors, and they have won. Five, seven, thirty-seven, plays four, eight, thirty-two. What a game of football. The best by far so far in 2017 in the Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Competition. Unbelievable. What a game. It's going to be hard to pick the play of the day today. There's no question about that. What drama as well. The cult hero in uh, Shay Audley with that goal. One from the crowd under pressure. Then down the other end, the superstar, Taylor Harris, with a minute ago, a chance to tie the game. Sprays it to the right. It had everything. Absolutely everything. Absolutely everything. And I can't make a decision, Pete. I'm uh, looking down the list. I'm uh, the, the clinch goal at the end there from Williams to seal the deal. Emma Grant was huge in the first quarter and has been all day. Yep. Um, all these fought hard in there as well. Moorcroft was sensational in defence. Barden, if you're looking for the 100-game veteran as well to give something to, that's an option. Downey in the ruck today, working hard, uh, along with Ernst. It is it is a genuine coin flip Can today. Can we split it up? I wish we, we could. Can we give a corner to each of the 22? I wish we could. Uh, uh, I'm going to go Emma Grant. I think she she was a player that played solidly. For, I mean, everyone played solidly for, for four quarters. Um, it's like last time we were here when Ash Waddell won it. Again, yeah. it was just difficult to pick a genuine out-and-out superstar for Diamond Creek because they all did their bit. It was a, it was a lottery. Um, what a game of football. I, I can't I, I, get I, over that. I, I, I'm just sh- And I almost thought, my God, is the prediction going to come true? It's going to finish in a draw. I know the crowd would have been flat, but it would have been a worthy result oh, because both sides threw everything in the kitchen sink at it. No, it, a draw wouldn't be a, have been a worthy result because, as you said, both sides threw everything at it. Someone had to win and someone had to lose. That was the unfortunate thing. I think a draw would have... Wasn't the way to cap off a, a game like this, and in the end, Diamond Creek had enough in the tank to get over the top. Um, and, and they yeah. put they put a gap on a further side in St Kilda Sharks. They've just edged closer to not only the minor premiership, but also uh, being top of the table. And sets up a big game next week against uh, Darabin at Preston City Oval, which. We will have live coverage of that game right here on RSN Carnival. We'll wait for a moment's time where we're going to have, obviously, come off the ground, uh, uh, Millie Barden, who'll be clapped off for her 100th game, probably chaired off as well, which will be fantastic to see. And, of course, I'll get you to get the theme song in the room, which they'll be singing loud and proud. They worked hard for today's result, no question about it. And what an entertaining match for the great crowd that showed up here at Plenty War Memorial Park to witness this occasion. 5737 to 4832. 5737 Diamond Creek, 4832 was the St Kilda Sharks. Again, a late shot on goal just missed. Unbelievable. 
it was a game that surely had everything. I'll just give you a quick around the ground scores as we wait for the uh, players to come off the ground. Results from the other games that were played today. Box Hill 4-2-26 defeated Cranbourne one straight six a turnout there and a big win for Melbourne Uni 16-4-100 defeating the Eastern Devils 8-3. 51. Millie Barton being chaired off the ground here at Plenty War Memorial Park to the applause of the crowd. A much-loved uh, player played in their 2012 BWFL Premier Division Premiership over Darwin. And uh, today on a 100th game, winning in a classic by five points over the St Kilda Sharks. You'll hear the song in the room very shortly. They'll be singing it loud and proud. Unbelievable contest. Those final quarter goals from Audley and Williams. Gay was massive for the Sharks, kicking two final quarter goals, nearly getting a side over the line. The Harris miss, the heart in the mouth. Oh, boy, oh, boy, what a day for football here at Plenty War Memorial Park. And, of course, don't forget we're on air 1.30 p.m. next Saturday to bring you the top two. Darabin, Diamond Creek, the old foes go at it one more time. That is our round 11 match that you'll hear on RSN Carnival and via the RSN Racing and Sport app. And don't forget, of course, our midweek show, Wednesday evening, 6 p.m. on RSN Carnival. I can just hear Matthew Cox in the rooms now. Any moment, we're going to get that song. Here's the Diamond Creek girls about to sing the song. They're warming up for it. You can hear them leaning off. Here's the song. singing the song loud and proud in the rooms. Diamond Creek winners today here on RSN Carnival Digital Radio 5737 to 4832. A five-point win in the end. Absolutely incredible is the only way we can describe what we've seen when uh, for, for quite a substantial part of the game at the start there was no score to either side and then it broke open in that final quarter. It was a shootout, and in the end, the odds favoured Diamond Creek on their home deck. And it's what we talked about, isn't it, that we said coming home in the final quarter to the club room and was just going to lift them. Audley with that great goal, Williams with the snap, ended up being enough. Oh, no, that, that was the moment for me that summed the game up, because... It was a bit of a lull in the, the first part of that final term, but you could feel the struggle between the two sides, just trying to fight it to see who broke away first. And then that goal from Audley, that was pivotal because you saw the excitement and the joy in each of the Diamond Creek players. They flooded around her. I think that's what got them pumped, ready to finish off the game. And then that final goal from Williams, I thought they mucked it up. I thought they had sold themselves up the creek. And somehow the experience and composure of Lisa Williams, she settled and she nailed the goal. And at the other end, the opportunity to put put it well to level the scores by Taylor Harris. I think the pressure got a little bit of her, and because she just slammed that on the boot, she kicked the absolute cover off it. Unfortunately, it drifted wide. 
And it, it could have been a, a smart play to, to try and get the seven points, but uh, unfortunately it wasn't to be. Uh, when, of course, uh, she missed with that shot, um, I had to... Um, I have to think going forward what that adds to the mindset for Taylor Harris gutted in the rooms, gutted that an opportunity for a new side to at least draw the game uh, and to miss and, and to miss out on the points. But at the other stage, what do you do as a coach? Do you not mention it or do you look at it? Some coaches use it as motivation and look at players going, you owe us one now, you owe us one. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because you don't want to... Uh, it depends uh, on the personality correct. of the person. Yeah. yeah, and you don't want to really... You know, break the heart in a way of a, of a player. It was a big moment, and she, there was a couple of occasions where she had an opportunity to seal the deal, or, or put them in front, and and she sprayed it wide as uh, Emma Grant is uh, about to join us. But um, I don't, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because it was such a, a brilliant game of footy, you don't really want to put any extra pressure on the players. Joining us today, our player of the day on our coverage, Emma Grant from Diamond Creek. How was that for a game? Pretty good, wasn't it? It was a, it was a tough game, and um, it was just really nice to turn the tables and get the win. You, you, look, you look a little bit exhausted out there. What was your role this afternoon? Because we noticed in the first half you played a bit behind the footy, just as the, the gatekeeper trying to steady the ship for the Crickers, and with no score to either side for the best part of the first term, <laughs> you certainly had a job to do. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So clearly that was my role in that first half, just to, as soon as the ball went up, is to run behind and, and be that extra in the back line. And, um, yeah, obviously in that last quarter we really wanted to score, so then I got to just play my role up forward. So, um, I mean, credit to the girls. We really dug deep there and we knew we had to work really hard to get the four points. Credit to St Kilda, fantastic effort. Um, but, yeah, really nice to get the four points. Uh, I guess a compliment again to your side, a bit like when we gave Ash Riddell the best uh, on ground. It's very difficult to choose today who is going to win it. The side has just been so even this year. No one has been putting their hand up as a, what I call a genuine superstar who carries the side on their shoulders. Everyone's doing their own little bit. Yeah, and I think that was, what, that's what makes a great team. So everyone's contributing and it's really hard to get into our 22. Obviously, our, our Division One girls in the NFL are doing a really good job too. So um, spots are really tight. Just, just on that quickly, what does that mean or the advantage for your side that for some of the other teams their seconds haven't made the finals but for you because your seconds because you finished top of the table may end up playing for at least another three or four weeks of football to have them fresh and match fit ready should they need to come into the side yeah 100 percent even on the training track obviously we've got about you know 45 50 girls out there training really really hard which which makes for a really good training session and yeah obviously those girls doing a fantastic job and getting into the finals with a second chance in the nfl so everyone's really pushing for the spots in the vfl and we've definitely got a few girls who are who are you know at the moment they don't know whether they're going to be playing nfl or for our finals, which is which is a fantastic uh, spot for the club. How have you gone transitioning into Diamond Creek and your first season in the VFL Women's, coming from Bendigo, where you were probably the standout player, to just to playing your role here at Diamond Creek? How have you found the season today? Yeah, it's obviously it's really refreshing just to turn up and play footy and leave. Obviously, I was the captain there, I was on the committee, and I did a fair bit of fair bit of work behind the scenes at Bendigo. So it's just really refreshing to drive down the corridor, play footy, and leave. Um, obviously, the, the girls have been fantastic. The culture here is great. Scotty as the head coach, and I'm learning, and that was that was the big move. I wanted to keep you know progressing. 
with my footy and talking at Collingwood, they wanted me to play with and against the best, and that's in the VFL competition, so I'm absolutely loving the move. And in terms of the AFLW season, how are you feeling both mentally and physically because it's been a long season for quite a few footballers? Yeah, it has been, but um, obviously right now the focus is on Diamond Creek and the VFL finals, but um, obviously in the back of your mind you've got Collingwood and you know we head down there on a Monday night and, and have, a look at the, have a look at the game and it's really nice to see, you know, I'll, I'll be in the gym with Jazzy and, and a few of the girls um, tomorrow night, which is really nice as well, so it's great to make those friendships on and off the field. Quite a few players to come back into the side. Bella Air, uh, Laura Duraya, Clara Fitzpatrick, who are both out because they'll be playing the International Cup. Sophie Abatangalo, who wasn't playing today as well. Jeez, it's tight for spots. Absolutely. And, yeah, that's just, you know, a fantastic um, spot for the club to be in. And, you know, we're just looking forward to, um, you know, everyone putting their hand up. And, you know, we've been really lucky with injuries so far. So touch wood there. And if we can just keep on um, putting fit, fit sides out on the park, where hopefully we've got to go a long way. Up against Darabin next week, an old foe of... Diamond Creek. How are you going to prepare for that one? Because this game looks like it's taken a bit out of you. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously that was my first game against Darabin here, um, obviously a couple of months back with the one-point win. They were missing a few, but so are we. So we'll go in there. We're on top of the table, and so we'll say they've got to come come to us. And, you know, really looking forward to playing against some, you know, elite footballers that they've got. And um, hopefully, you know, if we can just continue to play the way we want to play. Um, Scotty's pretty happy with this at the moment, but we're not where we want to be yet. So um, definitely lots of improvement to go. And, yeah, looking forward to the contest. That's the scary thing, isn't it? <laughs> They're not where they want to be. Jeez, where do they want to go? Yeah, there's just still a lot to go. And, of course, playing the bigger Preston City Oval. Two moments in that final quarter. And I guess yeah, sometimes we'll probably think to yourself, I'm glad I'm not in that position. For the St Kilda Sharks, it was Harris who had the shot with a minute to go and ended up spraying, so she missed the chance to draw. But for yourselves, like a cult hero like Shay Audley, having a shot from 35 metres out, the pressure to put the side in front or to put the game on the line with all the crowd here watching in front of you, and you've got to nail it. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously there's a fair bit of banter going on from the sidelines and from the girls who play with her at Carlton saying she can't make it. But, um, you know, it was a fantastic kick. And then to, for Willow to seal it, you know, just... It's just great that those girls can um, nail it in those tight contests. The only thing I like you, Shay Audley, of not making is the top shelf. She's, 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. A short. How are you, Shay, by the way, if you're listening? <laughs> Emma, thanks very much for joining us here on the Post Game Show. Congratulations on being the player of the day. You get the $50 Rebel Sport voucher. Right. Enjoy the warm down in the room. Get ready, five days' time, the big one, first and second, you and Darabin. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate the um, cast, too, because I know a few people back in Bendigo are listening, so I appreciate that. And hello to all those back in Bendigo who just quietly are flying at the moment they as are, well. They are, yep. <laughs> So no worries. Emma Grant, thanks very much for joining us. Emma Grant, of course, you can just quietly hear if you're in Bendigo on 3PO FM on Saturday mornings. There's a quick little plug if you're heading up that way. Uh, joining us is our player of the day. We'll let you get the warm down and we might even buy the first beer up. Oh, that's right. They don't drink beers now. I have to get your water. A glass of water is fine, isn't it? <laughs> Emma Grant, our player of the day. That's cheaper for me. I'm happy. Oh, I'm just... <laughs> yeah, you are a bit choked. Yeah, that, 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 that's, that, that's what I'm loving about that everyone is now on these, you know, fancy diets of, you know, we can't have beer up. Oh, Glass of water. There you go. <laughs> oh, no, nice guy. <laughs> well, luckily, the, the same rules don't apply for the broadcast team. <laughs> That's why I've always said cricket season's expensive for me. It, it's not paying the $20 match fee. It's the first round at the bar afterwards. <laughs> then you realise, gee, they're like 50 bucks in my wallet. <laughs> well, i tell you what, though. They all deserve a beer after today's game oh. for both sides of the coin because, as I said at half-time, I c- cannot remember a game of women's football at any level that mm. I've seen where the pressure from both sides has been close enough to 100%, because the defensive pressure in that, particularly in the first half, was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. I wonder what 
because he said, we, we spotted Darcy Vestia, I was just watching, seeing what's going on. I wouldn't be surprised if one or two other sides were here just having, having a quick look. But I wonder what she'll report back to Darabin. Either be a case report of, wow, what a game of football these are up in tents, or is it the morale piece of a Darabin going, oh, geez, they'll be stuffed. They'll be stuffed when they come and meet us. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be, like, even in the room, um, just catching the song, they all look tired. Yeah. But the, the sense of relief, I think, was the, the overwhelming emotion, obviously, that they were able to get over the line. But they all look a little tired. Hopefully, they're able to turn it around. They're professional athletes now, so yeah. you'd think they'd, they'd be able to turn it around. It, shorter than normal, obviously, playing on the Saturday next week. But you'd think they should be right. The only concern probably is in the second half, bigger ground. That's That's a little bit of a worry. But... I think back, the times that Darabin have looked shaky, and not just this season, but in, in years gone by, is when the pressure is at them full throttle. Mm. They get nervous. Yes, they stick to the structure, but it's not the confident Darabin that usually comes through. And if Diamond Creek are able to bring the pressure that they were brought today, even 80 at 80%, mm. I think that's enough to put Darabin off the game which sets up a very intriguing contest. Well, yeah, because Darabin's last two games, once against the Spurs, which we saw, and then, as we said that day, we thought they were playing at 30%. We thought they were playing at 30%. They won comfortably, but they were under pressure. It's just because the Spurs had no structure to hurt them back the other way that, that, that Darabin were able to ride out the storm. They only had a 13-point win, 20-7 to 7 over Geelong. Even accounting for the windier conditions, you go, that's very undarabin like And you go... You know, geez, they could be really scratchy coming into this game. But then again, there's the psychology of other teams that, 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 that go, you could struggle against the lower sides, but when you're up against your old pro, that's it. Everyone mentally switches on. It's like, oh, we're doing battle with them again. And it's just, you know, you're going to war, so you're, you're just engaged. The, the adrenaline takes over. Yeah. And especially because Diamond Creek for a long period of time have been the bridesmaids. And you've got to remember that Darabin's so successful for so long. On the other side of the coin, it's often been Diamond Creek at the receiving end. Mm. How much is that going to be played on this week? We know they got the one-point victory earlier on in the season against them. That'll have to be used. That's got to be used as a, as a mental advantage. And the other thing is, like we, we mentioned a couple of weeks ago when we broadcast the Darabin Spurs game, mm. that it was... Ultimately, the, the, the structure that, that got them over the line, the experience, the awareness of the side. Diamond Creek is, is exactly the same now. Where I think two years ago in that grand final 2015, yeah, at Coburg, yep. it wasn't quite there. Darabin still had that little bit of an edge. It, it was that day where, where Steph Giotti actually finally won the toss, kicked with a howling breeze in the first quarter, they bombed and they bombed and they bombed inside 50, but that was the problem. They kept bombing in, and, Dar- and Darabin just said, all right, we'll just flood numbers back. And players like Daisy Pierce on behind the ball just read the ball best in the air, kept taking marks and kept kicking it out. Darcy Vessio had a blinder of a game, and the problem was, for all the opportunities, no one focused or used the ball wisely. Now you're seeing a Diamond Creek that are focused with what they're doing, the football. They're using it very smartly. As we said, even when they were struggling to hit targets inside the fourth line in the first half, it wasn't because it was bad passes like in the past. It was because the pressure from both sides' defence was just so tight. There was a spoil in every contest. And the other thing, too, as we've mentioned on numerous occasions, both sides now can throw players around the magnets. Mm. Like, if something's not working, they can go to a B, C, D, all the way down to Z. Mm. They've got that many options now, both of them, which, that, 
that, there's another level of intrigue. Who's uh, like you saw Malloy today ran for the first half with Bree Davy. Yeah. Who would have thought of that? Yeah. And, and and that's one thing when we're talking about a future number one draft pick. And I know, hello, Paige Cordano, if you're listening, the Bulldogs recruiter, who of course has got pick number one. And you know, she hasn't said they've got Malloy, but they said, of course, that they're hello. We got a little. Oh, she's calling it supporter. That's right. No, 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 no. I, I thought the pay was okay, but no, <laughs> we had all the great going towards us. Um, we 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 saw. Um, uh, you know, we think there'll be a number one draft pick. If that's the potential number one traffic, Chloe Malloy, everyone's talking about as a forward. As much as she didn't kick the goal today, she went toe-to-toe with Bree Davey. You'd be looking at it going, there it is, it's signed, it's done, number one traffic. Because everyone goes, why? He was like, well, no, we got a forward. If she's not working in the forward line, we can throw her in the middle and put her on the one of the best midfielders going around and, and not shut her down, but at least... I reckon Bree Davey won the battle, but at least went toe-to-toe with her. <laughs> and remember, she's 18. For goodness sake, she's 18. There's plenty of upside. And... I reckon she reminds me a lot of Katie Brennan. When mm. Brennan's fit and firing, and obviously she's been on a bit of the, the comeback trail with injury, she too has played more of a midfield role this year for the for the Falcons. Just the athleticism of Malloy, her ability to, to even when I think she, she had the ball in the, the pocket on the outer side up, up the club room end, and she was thinking about, oh, I don't, know, don't really know what to do. Does, does she have a crack for goal? Does she try and centre it to a, to a leading option or does she put it at the top of the square? I think she did the right... She made the right decision. I just saw a lot of similarities between her today and Katie Brennan at full tilt. Well, we've been talking about that, um, particularly um, with Andrew Johnston, I was talking uh, yesterday about the Mo Hope type forwards saying that Mo has got a challenge on her hand. I actually obviously lost eight kilos and trying to get fitter and, and trying to take the game more seriously. But the question is for Mo, she's always been a stay-at-home type forward. And the problem is because of this 16-a-side game, this AFLW's changed where the stay-at-home forward isn't going to work. The Katie Brennan type forwards are now working where you have to pay a centre-out forward, kick a few goals but you also have to work up the ground to try and wear out your player or try and get involved in a contest and behind the ball and, and try and drive something for your side. You can't be, I wouldn't say a one-trick bunny because that's not fair on Mo. She's not that. She can be a tall forward or a coming forward as she plays full forward, but the, full, the old traditional full forward role is now becoming redundant. Yeah, in both men's and women's football, but yeah, for different reasons. Yeah, um, it's... Necessary now, as you say, with the 16 aside in the AFLW, you, you need that added versatility where you can run. Like Taylor Harris is another example. Yep. Her game today was sensational. Again, I don't think she impacted the scoreboard from memory, yep. but her, her and, and, and she kicked the goal, she, which would have thought it. She would have been seen as the hero. It would have been a case of wow, you know, she she saved the day. Yeah, she kicked three or four behinds, but her roll up the ground was better than her roll closer to goal. Mm. She was she had more of a presence and an impact around the ground. And as you say, that's the sort of player that they they need because you're gonna need players to slot into different positions depending on what the game requires. Hicks going with her in the back line for most, except the third quarter when there was one or two moments, the pivotal one, thirty meters out directly in front, coming for Harris at, at the very last second the experience of Tanya Hillington who just comes in and bang, punch in there. 
spoils it. In fact, that that's probably the one key thing. I've been talking up Hetherington for a long time to be recruited as a fullback by any AFLW club, who, of course, just had that knee injury that she had to get over. But you look at her and you go, geez, there was moments today, excluding Gay taking the two marks that she were, which wasn't Hetherington's direct opponent. But the times that Hetherington runs around to the back line, and yes, Garner may have got free around the ground at time and taken, and taken marks and had a bit of an impact. But when it come inside 450, if there was any chance for a clean pack mark, it was not taken. Hetherington, last second, bang, spoiled. And even, even just the strike, I remember second term, I think it might have been. Yeah, it was, because Diamond Creek were kicking to this end of the ground. The way that they set up, mm. Everyone flooded into the 50, and Diamond Creek had three players spread across the centre of the ground, mm-hmm. waiting for that spiralling quick kick out from St Kilda, because they'd all been dragged forward, mm. just able to lock it in, and it's that smarts and the experience of being able to lock it in, and, and yeah, she's a, she's a pivotal player, and I would be shocked if she's not picked up. A couple of sides that do need uh, fullbacks when you're looking at it, including uh, the likes of Collingwood, Melbourne... Western Bulldogs. All of them. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> possibly. <laughs> quite, quite possibly. And, and the amazing thing is, if by some, if by some way she doesn't get drafted in 2018, which would be an absolute shock if she didn't, one of the expansion clubs in 2019 would pick her up straight away to say, well, we need someone who's an experienced, because the thing for the 2019 expansion clubs that come in, who will get a lot of draft picks and concessions, they all have very young sides. They'll need experienced players, and a candidate like Ketherington, would be a perfect place of, oh, you pick her up for 2019 to go, okay, we might only get one, maybe two years out of her at her age, but she's that playing-type coach on the ground. You can help give the structure, help, you know, give that experienced voice out there and then transition into an assistant coaching role once once completed the playing career. Almost like the Luke Hodge role at the, at the moment for Hawthorne. Exactly, and uh, the, the latest rumours just quietly doing around during the... Uh, Things around the traps is Luke Hodge playing coach of Frankston if Frankston get a VFL license. Jeez, that'd be interesting. That yeah. is the rumours doing the rounds. So, Very uh, interesting. And uh, mind you, if you're Hodge, if you're wanting to go into a coaching role, you know, you might look at it going, well, you know, okay, I won't be a solid winner flag, but it's a completely clean slate. Yeah. No, no expectations. No baggage. Who knows? Who knows? And with the development league uh, being disbanded, there might be a bunch of footballers on the verge of first looking for opportunities. And if someone says, "Oh, you want to play under Luke Hodge?" and Luke will be out there playing with you, a few yeah. blokes might go, "Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, I'll have a run. Oh. I, I won't be hit by him." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> got, got a little bit. Of, Hello, Matthew Lloyd. <laughs> Oh, dear, man. You're listening to the RACN Carnival match of the day. Where if you've just joined us, where the heck have you been? You missed an absolute cracker. Today, 5-7-37, Diamond Creek defeating the St Kilda Sharks, 4-8-32. Goal kickers today for Diamond Creek were all singles. Brittany Gretsch, Lisa Williams, Emma Grant, Katie Lawrence and Shay Ortley. For the St Kilda Sharks, it was three to Madison Gay and one to Georgia Harris. That's how it sums things up here. And the player of the day was Emma Grant, the former Bendigo Thunder captain, new recruit here at, uh, at Diamond Creek via Collingwood AFLW. Of course, uh, getting, getting that, go- getting a goal, which was a grubber off the ground, uh, from two metres out, but a play all around the ground today helped, uh, win the game. But as we said, it wasn't what I'd call a standout, carried the team on the shoulders performance because everyone did their bit today, but we thought she was worthy of the $50 voucher. Yeah, well, that, that's, 
she played the role, and she played the role to the best that anyone else on that side. Anyone could have won it. I mean, Williams was sensational. Didn't have a lot of the footy, but played her role as well. Steph Kiyochi, I thought, had a, had a fantastic game. Uh, leading the, the side for uh, Diamond Creek. Hetherington, as we've already spoken about, in in the defensive area. And I just spotted Scott Gowans over the corner after he has his little chat. Hopefully we might be able to get him before we uh, wrap up on air. Whack the headset on him as he uh, comes past. I thought the, the other player that impressed again today, the last time we were out here we awarded to Ashley Riddle. She mm. got a lot of the footy again and made good decisions with it. So mm. she had a, had, a, had a good game as well. Bernardi was a little bit quiet. Uh, didn't see a hell of a lot. Only popped up every now and again, but um, just played a bit role, if more than anything. And, yeah, Haynes was good in her first game back. It was interesting to see Ernst rotated back into the ruck as well, because the last yes. time we saw her was against Melbourne Uni, where she was coming out of defence at full back. So, again, that mixes that up. Lauren Moorcroft as well fought hard in defence all day. Can't believe that she was delisted by the Bulldogs, because you look at that going... Okay, Lauren Moorcroft might not be the quote out-and-out superstar, but she's your good, solid defender who gives it week in, week out. In fact, we might be able to see if we can get Scott Gowans for two minutes to join us here on RSN Carnival on our post-game show. 5-7-37, Diamond Creek defeating the St Kilda Sharks 4-8-32. We said it here during the call, Scott. Was this the best game of the VFLW this year? No. <laughs> <laughs> she just played it out high. Oh, jeez. No, it was, uh, it was one of those days where you just um, you walk away, take the four points, and just look forward to training on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what was that? Because we, 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 we sat here, we were gobsmacked because we thought yep. it was a sensational game of footy. But yeah. obviously, no, not from a coaching the... perspective. <laughs> so, to St Kilda's credit, they... they they played a very defensive type type of game, um, and what it did force us to do was to, I suppose, play to their strengths almost. So they're very good at stoppages, really good at getting the ball inside their Ford 50 arc. So it just made it um, one of those games where we had to defend that while all the time trying to switch and get out and run and carry and overlap and all the things we like to do. So it, it just made it a very tactical game. So we're throwing plus numbers back and all sorts of stuff. Obviously, we're pretty comfortable with Chloe Malloy had Bree Davey under control, which was a, which was a bonus um, and something different for Chloe. So, um, but it was just one of those games where you just all you wanted to do was just you know get the four points and go home. <laughs> I know we've been putting a lot of hope around Chloe, but as everyone's been talking about her as being a potential number one draft pick. That's just got to add to the currency, doesn't it, when you're going head-to-head with such a star that is Brie Davey. Yeah, and, and it's funny um, how protective you get of the players because I was speaking to one of the AFLW clubs and they said to me during the week, oh, yeah, but she's not great defensively. I thought, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, okay, I'll show you. <laughs> Any questions? <laughs> so yeah, that was on Monday, and uh, so I came to train Tuesday. I said to Chloe, I said, look, um, you know, someone said this about you and I want to prove them wrong, and... Yeah, and she was really comfortable doing it, and um, yeah, and I thought, you know, Bree's a superstar, and uh, nothing better um, or a uh, better example of how to teach Chloe where to run to than follow Bree Davy ran for the day. Another player that seems to get under the radar, she got our player of the day last time around against Melbourne Uni, was Ashley Riddle. She just yep. keeps on going on. She's not what I call the absolute superstar midfielder, but she's just racking up possessions, just yep. being consistent week in, week out. Yeah, correct. She's uh, she's very Joel Selwood-like, if you want to compare it to the men's game. She just does what she needs to do. And her, um, her clearance work today, um, 
was sensational. She just has that ability to clear that sort of first two or three metres, get the ball out wide, but then she's also not scared to actually, if she gets the ball out wide, to take it on and run. And one of the things I tell the girls is I love them to take the grass, and Ash does that. If she gets any sort of space in front of her, she'll take it. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I would be really surprised if she can get picked up. A couple of the older brigade, too, were phenomenal today. Uh, Loins, Audley, Williams all rose to the occasion yeah, yeah. To, to, and played their role, which, as we were just talking about before, that's what everyone in this Diamond Creek side does now. They yeah. play their role yeah. to the absolute limit. Yeah, and number one word is versatility. So um, we've deliberately played, uh, like Lindsay played predominantly half forward today, and uh, she kept saying, I want to go in the midfield. I could say no. <laughs> so, But it is, it's all about teaching them that when the finals come around, if we come up against a Darabin who, who are a sensational side and it's not working for us, we've got options. And it's, it's all about teaching those the, the players how to play different roles. Um, and vice versa, if you look at it from, from Lisa Williams wants to get picked up, so let's show her on the wing and half back, half forward. Um, in Lindsay's case, it's about teaching her a role that she could potentially play at Carlton as well. So um, I just think the, the versatility, you know, winning the premiership is obviously what we want to do, but that development side of it's huge as well. It's a tricky one, isn't it, coming into next week's game against Darabin, first versus second. As a coach, how do you approach it without not trying to show all your cards? Yep. Because obviously, there's a very good chance you'll cross paths again in September. Yeah, it's... Um, we had a... We sat down in the break and worked out a plan going forward. So we'll, um, for instance, we'll rotate five or six players for the Cranbourne and Box Hill games. Um, we've made a focus with the Darabin game to try and play our best available side. Um, but again, position-wise, we will still continue with... We've got about three or four more players we want to throw through different positions, so we will do that regardless of any scoreboard pressure, um, particularly after the win today. So our goal was to win one of the two, and now that we've ticked this off nice and early, to be honest, we'll, we'll probably throw um, a few more around. I'd like to get you know, Braz forward um, as a permanent forward, those type of things. Um, you know, maybe El Downey at full-back uh, for a game. Just, just things like that, so... I think that just gives us the opportunity to do that now next week and then we'll rotate players through and we'll basically have our full final side ready for Melbourne Uni last game. It's been a season where you've, you seem to have been at the top the whole way through. The foot's yeah. been firmly on the throttle. As a coach, how do you maintain that motivation? Now that we're in the back half of the season heading towards finals and you haven't really had a, a break or fall in form, yeah. is that something that's playing on your mind? Not really. We've... Um, because of the amount of girls we've thrown through the side, um, and our Div 1 side's obviously got a lot of talent in it as well, uh, we haven't really... No one would have any idea at the club from a playing group perspective of our best 18 on the park. So that versatility in selection has happened. We're five or six changes each week. And, you know, there's... I think that what that gives you is, even though it makes you a little unbalanced at times, it just gives you that, that um, point of difference that you can throw the magnets around and no one really knows what your best 22 is and I reckon that what you'll find is we'll pick players based on the weather conditions, um, you know, matchups and stuff like that and be really comfortable knowing that there's 33, 34 players that we could throw into any position and they'd give us a, a really good contest. Scott, just before we let you go, obviously Laura and Clara have uh, commitments with the Irish Banshees over the next yep. two weeks for the International Cup. So what's the plan there? They'll just train with the Irish Banshees over the next two weeks, then return to the fold for the last game before the finals? Yeah, we've um, 
of uh, two different ones. Clara is really keen on it, and uh, Laura is probably more keen on staying uh, here because of her past experiences with it. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of left it in Laura's hands. She'll play next week with us and then manage her mix of training, whereas Clara will go with the Banshees and mainly train there, and then will just be available in a few weeks' time. And uh, Clara's probably in that development. She's one of those ones who I was talking about with development. So when you come up against a Melbourne Uni and you've got to cover Lauren Spark and Sheila and O'Brien and all these, she's probably ones that will play against Melbourne Uni. Mm-hmm but she's not likely to play against if we come up against a St Kilda or uh, you know, one of the other teams. And just quickly, uh, your recent experience with the Vic Country yeah. side up north, uh, what did you take out of that, apart from the warmer weather? Yeah, apart from the Queensland is warmer. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I loved it. and oh, this is, That was my third year in it, and um, just the... The difference in the standard is unbelievable. Like, you just shake your head. They... Not so much just in the kicking marks and handballs, but their their, their uh, game sense. So I found that I took out of it that the next group of girls coming through are going to put a lot of pressure on the 28-plus-year-olds that are playing AFLW or a Kirby Hicks or a Tanya Heatherington that is looking to be drafted um, because their game sense is so good. It just makes them so valuable. Um, it's... But the next the next three or four years, in talent-wise, is going to be incredible coming through. Scott, thank you very much for joining us here on the Post Game Show. I'll let you enjoy the celebrations. Congratulations. Winners today still remaining at the top of the table. Thanks very much, guys. Thank you. Scott Gow is the coach there of the Diamond Creek women's side. 5-7-37, defeating the St Kilda Sharks. 4-8-32, an absolute crack of a contest. Time for us to wrap up on air as it's nearing 4.30. But as we said, there's only one game to talk about next week. There might be four other matches on. Darabin, Diamond Creek, Preston City Oval, 2.30pm bounce down Saturday afternoon. Yeah, it means a lot, doesn't it? It's a warm-up, as you heard Scott say before. They'll be looking to put the best side out on the park that they possibly can, which makes it very, very <laughs> interesting. The, 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 can we say the warning shots have been fired at Darabin? And after this, <laughs> Darcy Vessio watched today, maybe if she's listening online, she'll be going... All right, then. Yeah. And I think Mel Hickey might, I think, might have sat out yesterday's game. You know, maybe a few of those players might be going, all right, then we'll be in. We could be having a good old-fashioned shootout next week. Which I'll tell you what, the Diamond Creek players are going to have a bit of trouble getting up for the game because of the exhausting. What about us broadcasters? I don't know whether I can do two great games in a row. Coffee. Unfortunately, there's no Christy Williams, so there's no cupcakes. But there's, but there's coffee. And I think the steak sandwiches as well being out there because I think the Northern Blues men are the curtain raisers. So... Get ready for your steak sandwiches. Be there nice and early at Preston City Oval. Matthew Cox, thank you as always. Look forward to your company next week. And, of course, uh, on the uh, weekly show on Wednesday evening, 6 p.m. here on RSN and, Carnival. And I'd just like to point out again, I tipped Box Hill Hawks. You did, you, you know, did. Do I get anything for that? or You get a thank you and, and a I, pat on the back. And I tipped Diamond Creek, too, by under a goal. There and you, go. you got that right as well. <laughs> Take that to the bank. How much did you bet on again? Oh, nothing. That's right. <laughs> Better than your draw. Uh, yeah, yeah, thanks very much. <laughs> I'm Peter Holden. It's been great to have your privilege here on RSN Carnival and girlsplayfooty.com. We look forward to joining you Saturday, 1.30pm next week. Diamond Creek and Darabin, that'll be our match of the day. But from here today, it was the Quickers defeating the Sharks by five points. Bye for now.